people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Derek McCaw. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Attention, Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships to shore. Uh, the ships at sea. Ships at sea. Ships at shore. Ships at shore. Just on the phone. No, no. The ships at shore. They're all the you know the wealthy millionaires just sitting there on their yachts. Like, oh yes, oh, we hi. shall <laughs> we <laughs> listen to the fanboy planet podcast. I find it occasionally droll. Indubitably. <laughs> this yeah. is uh, Wednesday, January 29th. We are podcasting from the Brett Cave, of course. Uh, as I've said before, Chris and I both. Knocked ourselves unconscious before coming here, so we cannot divulge its location. I'm pretty sure it's in California. All right, you've said too much. Damn it. Well, and then Chris Garcia was never seen again. But let me introduce him, of course, to my right, uh, our, as our occasional contributor, sitting in for the occasional contributor of Jason Salazar, who decided to go to Disneyland. Literally, <laughs> uh, just yeah. went. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Christopher J. Garcia. It's great for all my Christmas. He's sitting in for me. two people, though. What? I am also sitting in for a number of people. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's because... I am filling two seat holes. I wish you hadn't put it that way. <laughs> uh, but uh, Square pegs. All right. Square pegs. <laughs> once again, once again, proving that you are a man of many personalities. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and, of course, across. Uh, yeah, we, we are missing... Uh, say we are missing Nate Costa. Somewhere on the 405. Oh, man in Los Angeles. Oh, no, man. When the construction's on that, that sucks. Yeah. So I'm... I'm I it's just, like the first text message. When do you expect to be home? Eight o'clock. And then the last message was. Did you 10. S- did you see those photos of Atlanta in the snow? That's what the four o five is every, every third day. day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, that's only an inch of snow in Atlanta. Yep. And across from me, podcast producer and resplendent in green tonight. I like that shirt. I like the shirt. I nice got shirt. it for Christmas for my mother-in-law. I'm not mocking it. I actually like it. Rick Brett Snyder. There we go. Just everything seems Timberline. No, no, no. I wasn't being defensive. Okay. I really do love this shirt. It, it, I have a it, bunch of the same. It looks design. magnificently comfortable. Yeah. Timberline, you say? Yeah. All right. Looking. They have that. long sizes. Do they sell them on Amazon so that we can add this is one of the no, products? No, they, they have their... <laughs> it's one of our links. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not mess with Amazon clothing this week want, until we want solve... Rick's shirt. Oh, my God. The uh, Rick shirt. I hope you followed the controversy on Facebook the, the, about the Doc Martens. Yes. With, with that magnificent phrase. And it was like... Now we have to explain it. I didn't want Jordan. I didn't want Rick to get involved with the Jordan Rosa fight. But when Jordan Rosa says, "Let's just admit Jordan's always right," and get this, like, no, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yes, we we will uh, up top with a mea culpa. There you go. That there is uh, there was what I thought was a, and I still think is a fascinating article about cosplay. An area I don't think Mm -hmm. with the Thirteenth Doctor, which we'll get back to at the end of the podcast. There you go. uh, But the Thirteenth Doctor and. Rick, God bless him, and I'm looking at him now. Look at the bags under his eyes. He exhausted himself trying to get to the bottom of the truth of 
what shoes are Peter Caspaldi wearing? And in good conscience, good faith, and lied to directly by by the BBC's own press release, yep. um, he tracked down what shoes for the cosplay, and it turns out, well, actually, it's wrong. What I did, I I went to all the press yes, coverage, no, and no, everyone no. said Doc Martens, and you know uh, Moffat said talks about the Doc Martens. Oh, so yes, I'm going absolutely. through the Doc Martin no, catalog. No. And these are the only shoes that look like it. And I could, just couldn't get the inside. And then I real, then we realized later they weren't shoes; they were boots, and they weren't. They're sold out everywhere, so they're not showing up in catalogs anywhere. Right. So, but then, so when I realized that, I said, "Okay, this is it." And I made a call this morning to Doc. This is what I'm re- listen, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast, I am saying this seriously. When you messaged me this morning and said you had been on the phone with the, with Doc Doc Martens in in the United Kingdom, in the UK, and I, I that's journalism. Unfortunately, it was it was like six o'clock for them because I had overslept a little bit from from making the call. But I did speak with the young lady who said. And here's here's the scoop. This is the scoop on everybody because everyone's reporting that those are Doc Martens and they're not. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And this is where Jordan Rosa turned out to be right. Right. Well, they, they, he turned out to be right, but he didn't know for why. the wrong reason. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is often how it is. So anyway, so mm-hmm. they're 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 a different designer, and we will expose all this in an update on the uh, on excellent. The, on so the fan, uh, on the uh, so I, I just want to. I, I just and we will tell you that I can tell you also that the shoes that are in that photograph are temporary, and there will be a different shoe used. On the show. Right. So here it is. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, what I want to pay tribute up top in the mea culpa of the mistake, but in the but but the flip side is, my God, man, the journalism you did, <laughs> the work you did for this is amazing. I'm paying tribute to it. Thank it you. really is. It's like because I can't imagine anybody in any cool news I'm gonna slander. Um any cool news working that hard to find yeah. the right for the story. Um, I can imagine some of the people that I've met through the convention, through the science mm-hmm. fiction convention, people that are interested in cosplay definitely want to yeah. get it right, but not on a on a site as wide an appeal as ours. So I'm, mean, you know, the so uh, kudos. Let's applaud him. Kudos to Rick Brettschneider. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because. He did legwork. He did. He called England. Yes. I wouldn't That's call England. Thing. I know it is. At they're times. they're plus four four, and then you dial like. A billion digits. <laughs> I know how to do it, but I'd nod off before I got past the half, first half billion. Yeah. So anyway, we've got some comics news. Obviously, television. We're going to come back to the woohoo Peter Capaldi outfit, and we got some movie news and some one really weird and again debunked. Talk about the journalism yeah. again, but horrible, horrible casting rumor this week in in a year that's been full of horrible, horrible casting, horrible casting rumors. <laughs> Um, and so, but I want to start off, of course, with our letters. So, letters. Uh, no, we get lots and no, that's not good. I'm oh, sorry. I, uh, this is the song. It's not uncanny. We've got Fanny Mae. That's right. Okay, that's it. Which you know, technically sounds terrible, particularly if you're British. I know, I know, but <laughs> I'm not yet. Fair enough. Um, Yet, my, my my son announced to me this weekend that is his plan. He intends to grow up and become British. It's highly possible Madonna did it, uh, and she did it in her forties. It's not too late for me. Thank you. 
It's been a weird couple of days in which I have to say this while Rick is returning to the table. Chris Garcia just instilled me with hope. Um, <laughs> you could have covered for And me. that's something. Um, no, no, we did. And we did. We were, and, but there's nothing that I would have said 22 years ago that would have agree, uh, uh, predicted that. Uh, anyway, we got a letter from Bill Bossert two weeks in a row. Excellent. Thank you, Bill. An email. Gentlemen. He obviously didn't know we were here. Uh, Derek had mentioned on the last podcast he thought Superman versus Batman would not happen as the film's release was delayed. My understanding was they pushed it back so they could film both Superman versus Batman and the JL movie back to back to cut costs. And I read that Superman versus Batman will end in a cliffhanger that would resolve in the JL movie. That would be Justice League. I'm sorry. Don't know how true any of this is, but it would work if done right. Um, I just want to pause for a moment and say. I am halfway facetious when I say it's never going to happen. I, you know, I, I, one of the things that we get uh, that we get lauded for on this podcast is, oh, a joke. Maybe somebody finds that funny. Um, so I am facetious when I say I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they've sunk too much. Money. Although you know what? On the other hand, they sure made a big deal out of that Tim Burton Superman movie we all loved yeah. back in '97. Um, and my God, Nicolas Cage's performance as Kal El. That was one for the ages. That was in another dimension where it actually got made and we saw it. I will say this. Yes. And I will give this is the only credit I will give the man. Zack Snyder usually gets his projects made. Oh, I don't think it's Zack Snyder's problem. Uh, no, I don't think it's Zack Snyder's problem either. But I uh, think but that- I but I will agree with, with Bill. I do believe that if that Justice League is being I mean that's part of mm-hmm. it is that you're going to get a cliffhanger. They're gonna they're gonna try to make this an unofficial trilogy of Man of Steel, Superman versus Batman to Justice League. Woohoo and they're gonna claim that was their plan all along and they're lying. Um he also says, Well, that's a good point. I would almost rather see them do this than go to the Marvel approach and have origin movies lead up to the Avengers, although that was all handled really well by Marvel. I think at this point the DC characters don't really need origin sto- movies to set things up. What do you think? Warmest regards, Bill Bossert. Wonder Woman does. I don't think Wonder Woman needs a, needs an origin film. I think she does. I can't think of what Wonder Woman's origin is off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, it's not it's not incredible. Well, even with well, the TV show and it stuff. Five or six times yeah. exactly. anyway. <laughs> Look, all you need to know is she's in her satin tights fighting for our rights. Go on. Well, she's going to call herself an Amazon. You have to kind of say, well, does she doesn't really live in Seattle. <laughs> and oh, I, I see what you did. So yeah. she's a she's a Portland. Portland. Yeah, she's a Portland chick. Um, but I mean, uh, and and she 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 shaves her legs. She's not a Portland chick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I'm sorry. It's just true. Uh, anyway. By yeah. the way, I like I like the woman they have playing uh, Wonder Woman. Gal and the rumor, and whether this is true or not, the rumor uh, has been from Latino Review, who tends mm-hmm. to be pretty good about these things, is that the Amazons will actually be a lost tribe of Kryptonians because you had the empty Kryptonian pod. Mm-hmm. In, wow. And and in the prequel comic they released, that was Supergirl. So so will she? That's weird. So the bloodline's been... But I think in the way they've established this universe, their cinematic reality... Why not? Yeah, and this was alluded to also by, uh, even just by the very opening scene of Man of Steel, that they've been seeding planets. Well, for... no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They did a pre-will comic, and they said, and yeah. when yeah. he goes in so and he finds that? the colony ship mm-hmm. in the movie, he finds the colony ship, there's an empty pod. There are two pods with skeletons oh. in them, there's an empty pod. And so the implication is, somebody got out and just interbred with the population. 
So then, uh, okay. so, so then, so that so far removed in the breeding, right? That, so they can still be Amazons. They can still believe in the they Greek don't necessarily gods. Have to have, but the, the reason uh, they've got near, or as the tick would say, nigh invulnerability, <laughs> and uh, because they're not, and that's the thing people mistake too is that yeah. you know she's not as powerful as Superman. She was originally not bulletproof. That's why she yeah, has right, the, the right. bracelets. bullets and bracelets. And so she doesn't have heat, heat vision, though, and she doesn't have the. But that would be going away. So I mean, yeah. you know, no, no so that's need. Just a no recessive need. Gene. I, I have no, I, you know, I have no problem with that as a storyline, because the reality is, you say you need an origin, but the problem everybody's saying is, it's other than William Moulton Marston's original run, the Greek. When I was confused, the Greco-Roman thing yeah. was not important. You know, that was important in the forties. Mm-hmm. Then when you do all the Paradise Island stuff, oh, other than saying Suffer and Sappho without realizing that they were subtly uh, yeah. endorsing lesbianism at a what? time when nobody was uh, aware that that's what they were doing. Um, I, I'm sorry. This is a shock. I seem to have blown Chris's hair back. And believe me, people, that's a sight. You mean there was more to that <laughs> fight with Cheetah than was originally in my mind? Mm, no, you were a teen boy. <laughs> it was pretty much what you were thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, she lost her powers in the 60s. She became the Diana Rigg right. Wonder Woman. That's right. Uh, you know, then she was created out of clay. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then George Perez uh, recreated that. No, the clay thing had been there before. Had it, it was put in the 60s in a weirdness. And then there was confusion between who's Wonder Girl and blah, blah, blah. Then she's far more attached to the Greek Pantheon. gods. The Greek Pantheon when yeah. uh, when Paris took over you know, post crisis on Infinite Earths and now um, you know the, I mean the new Fifty Two version which actually I like the best of the way because Brian Azrael is not one of my necessarily absolute favorite writers but <coughs> he did treat Wonder Woman in the new Fifty Two with respect for everything that had come before and basically said and you haven't read it right no, well not since the first issue so he basically set it up and said. Oh yeah, they told you this story that you were born that you were made out of clay. But come on. That's not real. What happened was Apollota had an affair with Zeus and we had to hide you from Hera. And so we so they tell the Hera would believe that story. Yeah. Well, you know, her husband turns into a swan and yeah. impregnates women, so really a child made out of clay, not that, not that far-fetched, you know, which is the point they make. So that then Brian Azzarello has reconnected her with the Pantheon, but in a different way, and now made her, she's the daughter of Zeus, which explains her powers, so it's changed things. And at one point, she was the goddess of truth in the pre-Christ, uh, in the pre-New 52, uh, in the old 52, I guess. Um, and, and so, and now she's the god of war, because then Ares was training her and that's why she's such a good warrior. They've taken out that whole bullets and bracelets fight and everything from the origin story and right. said he was just taking her off and, and training her because they were... So the whole no man on Amazon and island thing is gone now? Or? Uh, no, it's not. It's just Ares was a god, so that was okay. Oh, okay. And, it, and they were going off to meet in secret. And then Ares in like issue 12 or 13, after she's met Orion, the hunter of, of Apocalypse... They're going after after Zeus's first child, uh, who was lost, and nobody knew who he was in mythology. He he vanished before the Greeks could tell stories about him. He's come back trying to get Zeus, and Ares gets killed, and so now Diana is the god of war. Hmm. Okay, and so you know he says, "There you are, little sister. It's yours." And 
and he die God of Ares dies and and leaves everything. So the the Wonder Woman who was supposed to bring peace to the nations is now the goddess goddess of war. Well, but yeah, but but the thing is, and, and every every studio exec who gets interviewed about this says this is the hardest thing to break about the story. She's supposed to bring pre bring peace. All she does is fight. Yeah. That makes no sense. She's Henry Kissinger. But dramatically, it's like the problem with the Jedi. Dramatically, if you actually follow the Jedi through, which is why Phantom Menace is, to me, so boring, is if Jedi are really just like these Buddhist monks who take out their lightsabers when they only have to, they're so calm and uninteresting to listen to or to watch. You know, and that would be what what she is until finally she kicks butt, you know, but it it just doesn't work. So, anyway, long story short, I don't think she needs an origin. I think everybody has their assumption about Wonder Woman. I don't think you'd need to do an origin for Green Lantern. Now, most people have a concept at this point. I would like to see, I mean, to some extent, because some of the DC characters actually have different origins than, like, you know, they're not, they're not as we pointed out before, they're not um, born of tragedy, not that many. Yeah. You know, the Flash certainly isn't, and now that he's been Jeff Johns, yes, yeah. he is, but originally he wasn't. If you put in the Atom, the Atom wasn't. They're all people who discovered fascinating technologies and then decided, I shall use these powers for good just because that's the right thing to do instead of, oh, no, my technology accidentally killed my uncle's brother's cousin. It becomes the last action hero. So I think, that? I think the origins would be interesting, but... You know, I don't know if you'd need them. Martian Manhunter? Yeah, I'd like to see something about the Martian yeah. Manhunter. But then in comics, I'd like them to, to to straighten out what they think about the Martian Manhunter's origin. Yeah. I think the, the one problem they're going to have with that is is Aquaman. Wonder Woman and Aquaman's have origins have not seeped into the popular culture like Superman, Batman's Flash. Well, and they've changed a lot of subtle details Flash, about Aquaman. Flash is kind of fringy, yeah. too. Flash, well, Flash, you know, everyone has that image of the Flash of the lightning bolt hitting the chemical. Not guy. everyone has it. Not as it's really? not as prevalent as Superman. Really? And no, no, no. Well, yeah, okay, probably. Second. No, I don't. Th- I don't think they do. I think most people. Th- yeah. I think most people think that the heroes just have their powers. Yeah. Because now a whole generation has grown up, and X Men has seeped yeah. into it. So you have a whole super team where you're just born that way. Yeah. So isn't that the Flash? Isn't that you know? Didn't Green Lantern? No, I mean Ring just showed up on Green Lantern's finger. Um, are those real wings on Hawkman? Oh God, yeah. I love a Hawkman movie. That would be terrible. No, it wouldn't. No, there's no way you could do a good Hawkman movie. No, no, you do it like an Indiana Jones movie. You put it, oh, you okay. put it in the 40s. That's yes. and, and that's okay, my problem. Yeah. And that's yeah. my, you know we'll get. That's definitely true. My problem is that almost all these characters I'd rather see in the gold in the in the golden age, gold age yeah. yeah or, or the silver age. I'd like to see do a new frontier. Yeah, yeah. Live action. I don't care to see. The real world, like I said, is bitter enough. I don't need to. You know, you know. Yeah, it is an interesting challenge. I mean, it's the, <coughs> the idea that you put them in, you put them into the the uh, the artificially created past, yeah. and everything becomes interesting. I know? desperately want. Nobody has cell phones. Right away, your plot's well, and, that much easier to write. And, and, <laughs> well, that's true, but that's why I want a Fantastic Four set in the '60s, like through the Beatles. You know, I heard yeah. something about the Fantastic Four recently. No, we're going to talk about this, and it's a bad thing. <laughs> let's get. That's my my other uh, my other letter. I just want to say, and it'll lead into comics. Is we got a celebrity tweet? Woohoo! Yes, Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss? Lover. 
Uh, I'm sorry, actually, from Charmed. From Charmed, excellent. I, you know, yes. I never watched Charmed, but I know people that you're right. You're right. But to me, I, I started oh, watching. I'm it. sorry, from uh, Double Dragon. Oh, she's in that too. Yes. Wow. And she said, but, but now she's turned comic book writer. Yes, that's right. And I'm gonna say, and was gonna leave it in the comic section, uh, or a comic book creator, because it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think she came up with the idea. She's working with two people who are shall we say, more experienced writers. But whatever, however you put that collaboration, it's come up to be a really good book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we reviewed it, and I want to point people towards that, to the site. And, you know, there might be listeners who don't know we have a site. We do. Um, and there's written articles there, www.fanboyplanet.com, and there's a review of Hacktivist from Archaea Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Alyssa Milano thanked, uh, read the review, and liked it. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for getting it and understanding the passion. Excellent. So um, it's not often we get a celebrity tweet, so I'm just going to, woo, do we have a bell ringing effect? Um, ling, ling, ling. Uh, anyway. Every time a bell rings, a celebrity mm, tweet. tweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I have an email from Derek Mears, but that's, uh, yeah. but that's for an article we're doing. And, of course, you know that being a comic writer is now the, uh, what being a YA writer was about five years ago. It's what every celebrity is doing. I well see that's the thing that's why originally so let me you talk about it, so we're talking about hacktivist is originally I was not going to pay attention to it she mm-hmm. I think she was at Comic Con announcing it mm-hmm. and I was starting to talk to Boom and Arkea and 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 get, met everybody there but thought okay it's another celebrity thing because you know Virgin Comics as I put in the review. Yeah. Virgin Comics did that every week. They had Nicolas Cage created mm-hmm. a thing, Voodoo Child, I think, with that was his son. Cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, well, they weren't bad concepts, but what they were obviously designed to be was, let me make a movie yeah. with me as the star. And which, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the mm-hmm. reality is, like, I worked on one of those books, Catastrophic Comics, as a, as a publishing company. One of the intents had been was, well, we'll create, make sure that every title we, we create, we only got two, um, has a role. It has a role for Bill Cat. Yeah. You know, it's Greatest reasonable. American yeah. hero. Right. That's right. Well, but but with Sparks, originally the character in the movie that's played by uh, Clancy Brown was meant to be Bill. Uh-huh. It, just, it just took a little long, and Bill had a back got a back injury and couldn't do the stunt work uh, at the time. Yeah, so much better healed. with Clancy. Well, I mean, I don't know. It would have been interesting either way, because I think Bill makes a very good out and out villain, yeah. um, you know, and we can talk about that, you know, because you know, he was Sparks, on heroes is a uh, is a sleaze, right. sleaze for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he was good. Um, so you know, I don't have a problem with with mm-hmm. stars doing that. Rosario Dawson has one. Oh, really? You know, OCP. Yeah, from Image a couple oh. couple years ago, a cult task force or something. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, oh. well, they weren't bad books. They're just mm-hmm. you know. But hacktivist, why I wanted that was it was like tackling something that feels very real world, very now. There's a couple roles where I think one I was probably thinking Alyssa Milano could play it because it was I was thinking of Alyssa Milano like at the beginning of Charmed, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm still a, I'm I'm sure a, a a very attractive young woman, but but you she is older. Younger, but I was thinking younger mature. and went probably so probably not that character after I, yeah. Yeah. then there's a character at the end of the first issue like well maybe that's who it is but then I realized that doesn't matter and it, and if the, and whatever character she wants to play that's fine but what she but what she didn't do was put her if there is a character based on that's meant for her mm-hmm. it's not front and center yeah it's about other characters and it's about serving the story and the story is very if you want to understand why the why you why governments are worried about the cyber world without being 
a cyberpunk story, yeah. Hacktivist is it. This will not tell you how it all works, but it will tell you why people are, are nervous. And I think from that perspective, it's important, and it's not seeing things through rose-colored, like, oh, it's going to solve everything. If only we can have this digital freedom. Yeah. The consequences are there. And I thought, and it was interesting to me, because this week, is like I read this little blurb on something else about how, hey, it's almost like I always get the Curly, jo- the curly uh, Howard voice in my head. Hey, has anybody noticed there's a revolution in the Ukraine? And it's not, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Anybody knows we're about to die? Uh, you know, like nobody's paying attention that there's like this major violence in a in a in a middle European country. Yeah, but the whole country wants to deport Justin Bieber. Right, and that's what's yeah. and that's what's on CNN. Yeah. Thank God. Well, look, whatever. He, you know, he's a jerk. But there are bigger fish to fry, and there are people dying. The worst Justin Bieber has done. Well, I don't appreciate the drunk driving thing, honestly, but. But the worst, he's you know he's egged a house. Okay, um, I'm I'm pretty sure he's killed a few hobos. First he found hobos, then he killed them. You barely escaped, didn't you? <laughs> I'm a survivor. The great, the great Bieber hobo slaughter. Wow. <laughs> Let's call it the Bieber hobo hubbub, and then be done. Okay. <laughs> so try saying it five times fast. It's my challenge. The great Bieber hobo hubbub. I think you just named the podcast. <laughs> the, you just did the Bieber yeah. hobo hubbub. <laughs> um, anyway, oh my god. Uh, so that's uh, and so. I thought Hacktivist was a great choice. It was a great book, and it is an important book, and it's a good read and important. So, wow, that blew me away. So, I recommend that from Archaea Entertainment and at your local comic shop. I'm going to pick it up when I pick up my next set of comics. I think you will enjoy it. Um, I do want to acknowledge the passing of a very influential Mm -hmm. uh, creator from comic strips, from newspaper comics that people may have kind of fallen out of fashion to the mainstream, but in the seventies, and probably you know, you being younger, eighties was he as he, big? He started to fade by eighty four at least. Okay. I didn't really start reading until eighty five. Maury Turner. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Maury Turner, who was the creator of a comic strip uh, and mentored by Charles Schultz. He mm-hmm. often gave credit to uh, called We Pals, which was again one of those strips where I feel, in retrospect. Uh, not to not to diss the other forty nine states, but feel lucky to have lived to have grown up in the bubble, shall I say, the socially conscious bubble of <laughs> of the Santa Clara Valley. Yes, um, because the things about Wee Pals struck me as not a, not odd at all. Like I grew mm-hmm. up, and you see, it's a very multicultural cast. Yeah. And it's not a big, not unlike unlike peanuts, unfortunately, not a big deal when Franklin walked by. Uh, you know, it, it's that's who everybody. You know, everybody is somebody. And of course, there was a little chubby kid with glasses named Oliver, whom yeah. oh, they all called me Oliver. And uh, but regardless, it was a fun strip, and the, ABC turned it into an animated series. I was going to say, I thought it was Kid an Power, yeah, yeah, called yeah. Kid Power, which apparently was a little preachier, but that's because, of course, they were trying to fulfill like educational hours kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you. But know. the but but the strip was itself more just this is how kids are, and this is you know, a, a, and they just all happen to be of different ethnicities. Living together, and when I was in third grade, he came to my elementary school and oh, spoke. And yes, and he gave me a, a sketch of Oliver, and I turned around and I sketched Oliver on the back, uh, pretty much identically, but in the reverse. You know, I mean, so I wasn't mm-hmm. tracing; it was just like, oh, I've I've certainly watched Oliver, you know, and he, and I don't really in respect have any idea how good it actually was, 
But he laughed and he said, I'm going to sue you because you're too good. <laughs> and and so about two years ago, two, three years ago at Comic-Con, when they were starting to do that uh, this documentary yeah. they were trying to make about him, uh, he was there. And I mean, which I think he has been, which the thing is, it was kind of a shock. Like, I mean, he was 89, but mm-hmm. he like tweeted out like uh, two days before he died. Oh, I'm going to the hospital for some procedures. Should be routine. It's okay. And then just didn't wake up from the table, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And... Um, but I I went up to him at Comic Con, stood in line, waited, and said, "I just wanted to say, you know, you came to my school when I was a little kid, and I don't know if it was his daughter, his granddaughter. She was like, oh, well, thanks for coming to tell us the story.' And he goes, he goes, thanks for thanks for coming and showing me you you all growed up. <laughs> and and it was like, I don't know why it was so touching. I was just like, I walked away, hey, <laughs> you know, nice to meet you again years later, and say like I'm still in the comics, and you were just one of the like you shut, you know, he showed me it was a person you know there that you know that does that and so it's like my Amis said moppin story except for funny well yeah yeah mine are gonna be but yeah, uh, but i but i envy the amistad mop because i love amistad moppin he was the first celebrity i ever met i was five that's interesting were you aware that he was a celebrity? i was my mother you read me so strange tales from the city tales from the city when i was a kid wow <laughs> and suddenly a couple more tumblers clicked into place, <laughs> into place. <laughs> wow <laughs> And the vault of what the hell's wrong with Garcia <laughs> suddenly gets closer to being cracked. Um, all right, let's talk about comics. And I think I think a couple things. Well, let me jump ahead to one other thing, and then we'll go to what's in the what's in the bag because things I had scheduled were end up being what's in the bag things yep. for you and myself. Um, but I just want to note I have I have lauded Afterlife with Archie. And they're doing a really cool thing, I think. I want to say, if you did not pick up the first issue, which did sell out all, all over the place, really cool, cool book. Um, the trade paperback is going to have a special direct market cover and sell in comic shops exclusively for three weeks. Wow. Uh, in April. Oh. So you can get a special cover in comic shops and giving the comic shops a little boost and an incentive. I think, you know, because obviously Afterlife with Archie is not selling next to Archie's Laugh Digest at the Safeway. So, um it's you, you know, this the, is the zombie Archie, This right? is yeah. the the zo- well, he's not a zombie yet. Well, I'm scared though. He just faced down a lawyer in the street. Um it's really a tense book. And it's like I don't know because I haven't read Archie in so long. There's so much backstory like to like why the lodges are in Riverdale, and it's almost tragic the way Roberto Aguirre like he's using all this to be an excuse to actually, pardon the pun, flesh out the characters. Yeah, and you know, I said, ah, that was a scary, little, you know. So it's it's like oh, like they feel real instead of just there you take them for granted as cartoon well, it's gotta because any good zombie story is not about the zombies it's oh, about yeah, the people yeah. oh yeah and it, and it really is and it's like so the survivors of this dance have holed up in the lodge mansion and so you know and, and the father's like i hate archie and then we find out like you know archie's had this way in which would be in or not any other story funny but it actually is like his way out to try to save people because archie can't help but being but be archie and you know it's it's just it's really intense. So I think it's cool that they're doing a trade paperback for comic store owners first, and then it'll go into the Barnes and Noble and the other bookstores. So the trade left. will have all the all the stories so far. Uh, well, it'll be done. I think it's only like okay. a six issue miniseries. By April, it should be all done. They're on issue issue four. Should be out any week. Now. That sold out really. I never, never got a copy. <clears> yeah, it did. Really it fast. did sell out really fast. I think there's a reprint of one um, at stores because I 
think that Elusive still has some. I, we were talking about it today. But they, but, had, they had one and two today. Three were sold out. You know, and mm-hmm. three, you know, that's what's happening. Is It's just like, is who expected that to actually be really yeah. anything other than, oh, it's capitalizing on zombies. And no, it was actually it's actually a really good book. Here's a sign of how big a book this is. The X-Man kid at my museum who works there and we would get into brawls over how much the X-Men suck. Um, he bought it. He's not agreeing with you. No, 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 yeah, he's okay. not. Um, he bought it. And so it's been sitting around the museum waiting for me to get my grubby little hands on it when no one's looking. Okay. So, I'm so what you're saying is he normally just buys X-Men? He normally just buys the X-Men stuff. And he so he stepped outside of his comfort zone and to bought, pick up Afterlife without... Yes. Interesting. Okay. I was, I was shocked. Well, all right. There we go. Um, so let's take a look at the bag. Uh... Mm-hmm. The is there a theme song I should be singing? No, there is not. There There's is no not. Bag, yeah, but why don't you start with uh, the top? So uh, the first one that I have is one that you uh, you you brought to uh, my attention. Serenity, Firefly. I, brought, I actually brought it to your attention. I, I feel good. It's uh, Serenity, and then the subtitle is Firefly Class O three K six four. And the name of the story is Leaves on the Wind. Oh, I can, if you look at the Indicia, it's really just Serenity, Leaves, Leaves on, the on the Wind. Leaves on the Wind, okay. Yeah. Um, by Zach Whedon and Jorge... George Jante. Jante. The, the artist on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? Oh, executive producer, nice Josh, Josh Whedon. Yeah. So I, I read just a little bit of the front, and just enough to establish where this takes place, and it, mm-hmm. it is immediately following the movie no it is not immediately following well, the movie it's following it's a few the movie. Mo- it is following the movie it is a few right. months after because they've been they are missing no one can find them right everybody wants them and it starts off with this uh, point counterpoint video thing with a conservative who's saying that video was faked and you know, yeah. this is all remember in the movie it was exposed the alliance had uh, had been doing chemical testing and had killed off a whole planet which is what where created the reavers, the reavers came from created the reavers yeah and sanity and cannibalism and and you know here's the thing when you say it like this and that's what i pointed out in the review is when you say this is a space movie with western overtones with a rebellion and an alliance and there are cannibal pirates in space yes why is this not the most popular thing in the world when you <laughs> look at it? To say nothing of a conservative liberal uh, point counterpoint talking about whether or not the events that, that scared me. Yeah, I mean, I, it was it was a great beginning. Yeah, uh, I count as nine pages before you actually see any of the cast of. But it kind of hurts even after the movie because they went through so much to get that video that that cast out. But that's a realistic thing. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's really you kind of go, oh yeah, that's probably what would have happened. And now this is the this is the second uh, run with Serenity in a comic. No, there have been a number of stories. There have been, been a number of short stories, but they've been out of content. Well, or they've been in the Firefly television show yeah, continuity, for the most part. Yeah. but not post Serenity. So this is, and carefully weighed, I would guess, after the success of Buffy seasons eight and nine, yeah, yeah. and they're about to embark on season ten, mm-hmm. um, and the Angel and Faith spinoff um, that. Joss Whedon is seeing this is a legitimate way as long as he can executive produce, you know, a, a chan- and Zach Whedon also works on um, Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Um, a chance to continue the story. <coughs> no limit to the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there were, there were a, before the movie, there were a bunch of movie prequels 
I think there were four, each from a different character yeah, point yeah. of view. Oh, wow. And then there was Bishop's Tale, which was right. the story of Bishop. And there may have been one more. I'm, there was I'm one that forgot. was up for the Hugo in 2009 or 10. Okay. Um, I want to say it was called Big Damn Heroes, <coughs> but it was something like that. And it was... a. Uh, was it took? I know it took place after the movie, but I don't know how far after the movie. Really, after the movie? No, uh, this is being touted as the first time. Yeah, they're I think doing, this is the really? first doing post film continuity. I'm, okay. I'm, I might guess that that it was the, the those four issues collected into a, a trade. Maybe that was. Yeah, yeah, because it's very clear <coughs> they're you know they're dealing with the emotional fallout of the film. Things are obviously right. very different aboard the Serenity, aboard Serenity, not the Serenity. I was schooled on that by Marin Page. Thank you, Marin. Um, on Facebook today. Mm. So. That Firefly class ship. Yeah. There we go. Um, Vessel. But uh, so you saw, you read enough to to enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's. It, I'm looking forward to it. I've I've enjoyed all the stories that they've done. No, and I think it's, I, I think it's great, and I'm and I'm glad to see it. So you know, it was sparking in my thought. And this is, I mean, it's got the bloodline. It's got Joss's as executive producer for the book and Zach doing the book. So you're not going to, it's not like they get handed off to some hack who's going to introduce. And it like, has George Yanti, which we've had our problems with on Buffy, but I think in this case it works better because at least everybody has wildly different costuming. Yeah. There was still a couple of characters that are, that are a little too close. To well, flipping you've through. got the, you've got the good cover, but the cover that they put online and which I use with the review when after I'd written and I looked at the co- and I put the cover there and it's like it's all the men and all the women you go yeah all the men kind of look the same it's just like all the women that woman walking down the st- stair steps I have no idea is that Buffy <laughs> it's like the answer is always yes no that's Marina back I imagine it's supposed to be Marina but it doesn't look like her she should be much taller and well he's not, you know he's not good at that but yeah. he is a good as you pointed out he's more adventurous with layout so. He will actually take different camera angles. He will show different things in a way that the guy that was doing, though we liked, on, either I liked on Angel and Faith, everybody looked on model, but it wasn't that wild a layout thing. So, yeah. you know, this yeah. guy, George Yanti, he's got his strengths. And yeah, he's got some weaknesses, but he's got strengths too. And, of course, the other thing I was going to mention about this book is that, and we talked about it, is the latter half of it is a a snippet of Buffy season, Buffy 10. season, season 10 starting off with a vampire fight it looks which like. the uh the actually the online um the preview edition I got did not have that so oh, okay it ends saying oh and just you know we've got a there's a letter from the editor saying we have this Buffy preview and I was like oh great well the pdf is over okay well all right that's all right yeah you know, I enjoyed what I read and so that was good but it looks it it it, it looks like they're just keeping the same creative team and uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. They've all been good, and that's hmm. yeah. I was just saying, I I love that comics are a way to continue a series that it's a Rebecca Isaacs is doing the art. I like, yeah, okay. So <coughs> that's who was doing Angel and Faith. Yeah, so, so she's doing season better. ten. So good, good. So you have one. Well, I just want to say I this was placed on my bag. Did you get one of these today? No, I didn't. I is for image, so it's uh, a little sampler. Unlike what Marvel does, this one was free. Yeah, <laughs> which had um, it has Ooh. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven books that are coming. But February, March, April, June, March. You know, so you can like have a chance to have a little taste and decide. 
do you want to re- pick it up? Um, they're obviously at being as image, they're not connected, right? Not like a Marvel now, but um, it's a good chance to take a look. And, and a couple of things I'd heard the titles and thought, oh, those look interesting. Now I have a chance to read. So I haven't had a chance to actually read that today, but I was really grateful that Steve uh, Simonetti put that in my bag. Good. Yeah, so, this is a, a really interesting looking lineup they have. Which, if you look at Images Catalog, it's an interesting looking lineup. There's yeah. no doubt. There's no overarching feel of what is an image book anymore, mm-hmm. which I Other like. Other than usually quality. Uh, I, well, they've had, they still they've had a few clunkers. Usually. I mean, usually, yeah. But, higher yeah. percentage than they used to. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and Joe, our buddy Joe Keating has a book in here, Shutter, coming out in April. Um, you know, David Lapham is bringing Stray Bullets back. Some people are probably going to be excited about that. Um, yeah. Kirkman's got another book, and, you know. I mean, there are a lot of image books that I don't buy, but I still appreciate. They're just not a story I really want to spend my time reading. Yeah. and But I, you can still appreciate the quality and, and the... Uh, the, the thoughtfulness that goes into the, mm-hmm. to their lineup. I mean, they've got they've got an amazing uh, array of very. They're, they're not cool putting stories. out. They're not putting out books for the sake of just making money. Yeah, because well, quite often too. they're probably not making money off some mm-hmm. of these. No, I mean it, it is art. It, you know, to them they're making choices based on is this. You know, especially, it was especially true when Eric Larson was the editor in chief or the publisher. Was I? I felt he was trying to push the form. You know, what is accepted yeah. in American comics. I mean, all these things would catch up and say, oh, the Europeans have been doing that for decades, but it's right. breaking through but you to never know us. What's, you never know what's going to catch. <clears throat> I'm sure that they didn't know. I mean, they probably felt good about Saga, but they probably had no idea yeah. how, how good it was No, they just like Brian gave on. They just liked right. it. And they yeah. probably, who would have thought Chew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> clearly. Yeah, pitch that book. <clears throat> if I may say, <laughs> <clears throat> clearly, stupidly, not me. Um no, I mean, I when I you know, I didn't know what it was when we sat down with da- with Layman. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I, you know, I'll just I'll just read it. That's cool. I didn't. I foolishly did not buy that issue number one that night, which could have paid for my son's college. Um, What's so, it going for? Because I know where mine are. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 well over five hundred bucks an wow. issue. Wow! Yes. Wow! Yeah. Linda has multiple copies. And same same with Walking Dead. Like I, you know, yeah, as of Walking Dead and that's thousands of dollars. So Well, Walking Dead was was the only comic that wasn't DC or Marvel that I was looking at at that point when it right when it came out and I said this is going to be the surefire hit. Yeah. Because zombies are going to be huge. And I knew like from the first issue I knew. So I have the first 6 or 7 issues and I've never read any of them. Hmm. But I knew that that was going to be the big hit. I don't know how I feel about the way you said that, but still, oh, that you've never read any of them. But that's okay because I have the trades. You made an investment. Oh, okay. So that it won't hurt you to turn around and sell, and you can yeah. get an apartment of your own. I have an apartment of my own, believe it yeah, or not. But uh, all right, one not run by the Russian mob. Yes, yes. that would be nice. <laughs> don't don't say that. <laughs> not supposed to identify that online, uh, out loud. So back to me. <clears throat> back to you. Back so to you. So my next one, and we, we, we go back to this book on a regular basis, uh, Jonah Hex number 27. You know, which, All-Star Western All-Star, number 27. pardon me. Uh, yes, I, and we, we had that conversation earlier, <laughs> too. Uh, but uh, All-Star Western featuring Jonah Hex 52, and on the cover you've got Jonah pistols up pointing at Superman, which I just think is an awesome cover. Yes. Um, this is, again, Jonah Hex, oddly enough, in all his incarnations, pre and post uh, New 52, has been 
a time traveler at some point and in brave and the bold too yeah 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 so uh the fact that he's in modern modern times right now uh it's just fun you know i think it just brings up to me that that if warner you know i mean they blew jonah hex as oh, a, that was such a bad movie <clears throat> as a cinema as a film but if you made hex oh that'd be interesting if yeah. you took this gunfighter and put him into the far future yeah it probably wouldn't be that expensive because it's post-apocalyptic. Itself. Yeah. No, well, no, Maybe not. S- no <laughs> script action. Don't say that. <sighs> suddenly. Uh, suddenly Derek's out of a job on a project he was hoping to make happen. <clears throat> Maybe. <laughs> I, well, I didn't have the job in the first place, so. We put the pen and ink in the room and it didn't write itself. So. That's funny, but we put a monkey in there and we get, well, there's feces smeared eep, on the wall. Eep, eep, eep. <laughs> I will say this. All eep and no eep <laughs> makes eep a dull eep. Yeah. I have to say, the art style is very French. Moritat, because he is French. Moritat, okay, that would make sense. Um, <laughs> I love when you make these profound, sweeping statements that are like, well, well, if you'd it. actually read. <laughs> uh, because, because it's a funny thing, I was actually reading a bunch of old Metal Herlant. Which I believe Moritat had some work on. Would make sense, okay. And Moritat also works on Elephant Men. Yeah. For, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, really? Richard Starkings, yeah, he's not the artist now, but he he got it started. So okay. many of the early uh, men. Yeah, he's uh, very influenced by uh, uh, Milo um, Manara. Manara, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, so the other one we we certainly did number one of this, and uh, well, we got Car D'Angelo. I mean, let me say again, we I know we have the car cast, but to actually get Car right for us because he was an old time Starlog writer and yeah. editor in chief of, of uh, or I don't want to overstep him. Editor, definitely a Starlog. I don't know if he was editor in chief. I think he was. Carr, tell me I'm an idiot if I if I over uh, blew blew your um your credentials. But to get him to write for us was was just an honor this week. And he was talking about Miracle Man number one in terms of Miracle Man number two is about to come out. So Miracle Man number two is here, and some people complained about something that I actually liked was the re- putting <laughs> up putting up front the. Are you all right there? I yeah, just have the same problem uh, that. Uh, that they had the original material up front of uh, old McAnglo Marvel Man story that then went into Miracle Man. This actually has three uh, of, I believe, three chapters from... This issue, too. This issue, number two, from the original Miracle Man. But the, the key thing is that there was a filler story... Not drawn by Gary Leach, but drawn by Steve Dillon, Alan Davis, and who did we? Oh, uh, uh, we, I, I could. It has it. an S. I will slip it out here. Uh, speaking of an S, uh, <laughs> uh, Paul Neary. Paul Neary. Yeah. There's not an S in that at all. There is. There is. No, no. I think you've just made an S of yourself. You could build one out of. Those. I could. Uh, the, 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 those three artists collaborated on this fill-in story because uh, Des Skin was concerned that Gary Leach was a little behind schedule, so they did this short story. Uh, it was kind of a one-off that was set 40 years, and it's called The Yesterday Gambit, written by Alan Moore, or excuse me, <clears throat> written by original writer, and uh, and then and then set in the future long after the consequences of what Alan Moore was building at this time. Now, All I right. haven't read it yet, but the thing is, why this makes it, oh my gosh, is is that it had never been reprinted in the United States. Miracle Man, the Eclipse book, did not have it. They did not gather it up as supplemental material in the trade paperbacks. Um, so this is a first appearance. And so, you know, for a few months ago, I was wondering, should I bother? I mean, I could probably remember well enough and just wait until the new book. And I was like, no, I'm going to have to. I, 
I want every little yeah, bit the same, of stuff I they had. The same feeling. You had the same feeling. And yeah. now it's like this kind of, two issues in, I'm like, I have been so rewarded. The recoloring is really good. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, it's just a fantastic, fantastic reprint. And, and it's kind of interesting to put that that story so early in the series of reprints for people who are brand new because that's a real foreshadowing then. No, well, we don't know what the consequence, what the story is because because all the things that we think of in the, I want to put you in is I think that what we're thinking of the foreshadowing and what really happened the consequences. Yeah, that was Gaiman's part, right? So this is Alan Moore's prediction, but even like the Warpsmiths and. Now the Warpsmiths were brought in by Gaiman, yeah, uh, by by Moore, yeah. Moore, Moore had that in there, <clears throat> yeah. So it's and they're weird. It is know, interesting, but I don't think it's a. For, I mean, it's a foreshadowing. Certainly, as it happens, but right. it's like forty years in the future. That's a storytelling technique now all the time of like, oh, what are those guys and what are they doing? And and I don't know how many answers. How many issues were there originally? Of uh, Miracleman, twenty four. No, so, twenty three. Yeah, but, but to do foreshadowing two years ahead of of when it would be i mean it's right it, that's but a it, hard thing to do but but even but even the point is warrior did it yeah originally mm-hmm. so in 1982 this was it so it's yeah you get uh yeah that's it you get uh three chapters from warrior number three warrior number five and then the yesterday game it was actually warrior number four so they put it in that order oh, so okay. so you're not breaking up the order of the chapters so it's not got. that far out i mean it's and not that. uh and then two stories from from the original 50s marvel man so <clears throat> you know i'm again and and oh uh we've met steve olaf he was at uh supercon or big wow a few years ago i maybe you weren't with me lon and i had a table right next to him so i spent ah, okay. a lot of time talking to steve olaf so great colorist i mean and, and as you said capable of the the recoloring on this is so much uh, more vibrant than it than what eclipse could do back yeah, and in the uh, coloring in the has just 90s. come so far since then yeah, and well, the paper stock is is better yeah. so absolutely worth it if you have been holding off and saying i'm going to just buy it when it's the new material just buy the whole thing unless just, you're really going to wait until it's new material in trades <laughs> which is another strategy, but I you're putting so long. much stuff off. Yeah. Or just buy all the old warriors. Yeah, go, I'm I'm gonna be go an, buy them. I'm gonna be an idiot, and I'm probably gonna buy this in trades too because I want it on my on my shelf to go to be able to take it off and send a loan to somebody. And say this is why when people talk about this great book, here it is. You it's know? for when chicks come over. I know. Yeah. Oh, notice. So smaller bags this week, but <laughs> quality bags. Oh, notice. <laughs> <laughs> I have Marvel Miracle Man. Uh, no, thank you, Chris, but I really appreciate it. And and the big thing today, uh, still, oh my God, I'm so scared. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to put this on the podcast right now. I'm scared that we're not going to get it to go to Comic-Con. I've heard nothing back about yeah. press at all. Nobody seems to know. I looked on the site again today, and it says, "Oh, you'll be hearing, and then you'll get this." I'm like, uh. yeah. "They did the right. pro registration." There'll be today. a high pitched tone, and you'll have five minutes to respond. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> dingy, 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 dingy. That's what I feel is going to happen. And uh, yeah, the they did the pro badges at 10 a.m. Pacific time this morning, and within five minutes, all the free guest badges were gone. So free guest badges for people to know if you're if you right. are a pro at the show with a table, right? Yes. Um you can you can get a number of badges to give out to people who you want to have 
come in to see ostensibly it's so people can come in to see what you're doing well actually but they actually get it's it's ostensibly that people are going to work your table so like when when we had a booth uh when we when catastrophic comics had a booth a few years ago we had a booth so we had four that's true four badges but you can you can additionally buy buy additional right worker badges too Yes, yeah. those are sold out. All those of it sold, sold everything out. Sold everything, out. Everything was done within a half an hour. Yeah, that's insane. That's and that's crazy. pros. So I know pros, people that this is what it's supposed to be about. They're not going. They can't go. They yeah. can't get in. And I, so, like I say, I'm, I'm scared. I'm I'm having a similar situation with Emerald City, uh, which is weird. But uh, oh, that is weird. Um, well, they're just having a little confusion in transition. I am not trying to besmirch Emerald City. I think they're trying to do all the right things, mm-hmm. and they're a little more local. But I have uh, uh, a couple of uh, of young writers that want to try, you know, that said, yeah, we'll go up there. And um, trying to get their badge, I can't get communication back. And it's like, you know, here's the phone number. And you call the phone number, and they say, uh, we're in the midst of changing offices, but we do check this message. You try to send us an email. So try sending an email. But their domain name Emerald City Comic Con has a double C, but their email address is a single C in the Comic Con. So it's comma con. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that for uh, two days. And everything kept bouncing back. And it was wow. it, it was just, a, it was like, nice. really? Yeah, okay. It's like nobody wants press to cover. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we, maybe we are becoming redundant in this cycle of just press releases. Just release it and go. But, you know... Um, but the pros are nervous, and you know, uh, and certainly some people. Um, I think it's not. Ta- you know, it hurts because they may be thinking, "Well, we get all we'll get all the big press," and they they treat the big press differently. You know, if you're ABC News and you're doing a thing on absolutely, people, they'll absolutely. walk you. They walk you onto the floor and they it's find gamed. something. It's gamed. Yes. But what that does is those people are not going to go to Artist Alley. They're not going to go to the small tables and find that cool book. That nobody else is covering. Right. It's it's hurting those. I mean, well, here's the thing. Comic Con's long been this way because I can I can. It's been ten years. My God, it's been ten years. So yeah. I can say speak of this about Comic Book the movie, which was the Mark Hamill mockumentary that uh, Creative Light did uh, that Miramax released on DVD. The spectacular Mark Hamill movie. My God, I can't believe you say that. But anyway, as you know, I worked on that. I I, I, I worked on that film, and one of the things that was very frustrating was. Mark had a very difficult time convincing Comic Con to let him film because he said, "You're going to mock us." Yeah, and he was like, "No, this is going to be a letter of love, and this is, you know, which it was." I mean, yeah. Mark absolutely yeah. was most sincere. This is, I love, you know, Mark is us. There's no question. Yeah, and at the same time, they were getting all this grief from Comic Con. Jay Leno calls up and says. We're going to send Kevin yeah, Smith. Yeah, and talk about somebody who's going to mock somebody. And he mocked the crap out of it. Yeah. But there was no problem. We're sending Triumph. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it, it is That's about... Conan, but, uh, but, but no, but, it, but I, I, you know, it, it's yeah. a, it, I, I got the... I mean, the level's true, because yeah. in New York that would certainly work. So... Uh, that's the same thing is like if you are of a certain power, like, and so I was expressing uh, to Carr tonight, is that like, I'm afraid that if I don't go one year... I'm not going to get to go back in. Yeah. And, uh, but there are the guys, the giants that have the yachts. I mean, not to, not to, I'm not denigrating. Comic Book Resources does a fantastic job. It's a great website. 
they have a yacht, uh, you know, that, that, that docks outside of Comic-Con and they go, you know, but they've got great sponsors. Jonah Weiland has done a fantastic job of making a business out of this. God bless him. I wish I knew how he'd done it. Um, Hookers and blow. No, don't. I will not say that about him. He's, a, he's really a nice guy. And I I've met him. I, I've met him. And it's the same thing with, you know, back when Christian Gore was big with, you know, Film Threat. I like yeah. Christian. He's a great guy. Um, it's just Chris. It's Chris Gore. It's not yeah. Christian Gore. I mean, you know what I'm confusing? Christian Goss, because somehow okay. that showed up in my news radar this week. I was like, how did Goss show up again? Um, and, you know, even my friend Jason Sachs up at Comics Bulletin, you mm-hmm. know, doing great work, but they're bigger. And, you know, we're we're at a table in an unnamed city, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's okay, and we're we're doing well. But, it, but it's still, if, if Jonah said, I want to take a year off, the next year would be no problem for him. But, you know, it's like, it, it, what I mean is just that it is now getting game to these big guys who... Right. Comic book resources and Newsarama might pay attention to people at Artist Alley, but it's harder. I but And the thing is, with the size of... But comic book resources will be able to get in and get behind the door at DC and Marvel and be talking about Oh, the and may I say, the thing, the, the thing they very, they very clearly say uh, on the press side, I went in again and saying, like, you know, it doesn't get you early access to anything, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Except that's not true. ABC gets early yeah. access. Yeah. Comic Book Resources gets it. You know, the Giants. Ain't it cool news? If Harry shows up again, Harry's got a full day ahead where he gets to take photographs of everything. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the one thing that I think they also understand now, and that's actually became a part And I am saying, by the way, again, I want to stress again, mm-hmm. this is not bitterness. This no, is the way it is. is. I totally it's, get this. It's changing. Yeah. Is that... They know that there are people, there are actually influential bloggers even, who are willing to pay to get in, even if that means them yeah. paying to get in and being able to do the coverage. I I considered it this year. Except they've already sold those passes. I know. I, yeah. So while we're waiting for press passes, mm-hmm. it's too late. Yeah. I can't go back and get that. And That's get those. the really screwed up part. Yeah. You know, and it didn't used to be that way. Of course, yeah. I go, and now... Uh, in my day, when I first went, and I've said it before, I showed up with with my editor's business card for Daily Radar. I had nothing, and I said, "I trust." So just called him if you'd like, and they gave me a press pass. I flounced right in. I did, and I just and I said, "You old poop," <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, that was my first year, and it was a quarter the size, and you know that's, and I got I got which I, is still big. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was still big, and I got, and, and it was the first X Men had just come out, so wow. I got a chance to, you know, I sat down with, sat down with, how the hell I did this? I don't even remember. I got in with Tom DeSanto, who was the producer of X Men, and now there's like forty other pit bulls yapping at yeah. guys. You know, Tom's always been kind when he sees me. He's just like he hasn't been as active in production, but you know, um, and then of course. Uh, I did the specials. Uh, it yeah. Reviewed the specials and and got to. That's how I met James Gunn. And James Gunn was one of the mm-hmm. first I interviewed. And you know that's been oh I put in all this work, but it's just it's just a whole different ball game. And people who don't attend who say oh, I'm going to go this year, you know, it's like or oh my god, I'd hate to say it. I might as well start saying it again if I get in. You know, please don't email me and say, can you get me that special exclusive? And I say I don't have the three hours to stand in line to get it for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And no offense, I'll get it from my son, maybe, but I haven't gotten my son any of the really cool things, right. you know, yeah. like the Lego superhero minifigs or anything. I can't, 
you know, I can't guarantee to be there. And you know, this is a lot of that stuff got put in perspective after the first year. I went nuts on getting all those exclusives yeah. and stuff, and I got home, and a lot of them just kind of like sit there and get dusty. And, and that's a hard lesson to learn. And, I, and yeah, I, yeah, I really pulled back in the yeah. next year and the year following. So yeah. it was so when I miss something, it really hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, like, I'll only stand in line for BBC because I realize, oh, oh my yeah. god, I'm, a, I'm such as how did I become a hardcore Hoovian? I yeah. don't know. I'm boring Lon Lopez and Nate Costa every day I talk to them. <laughs> yeah, this is why Comic Book the Movie has aged so well. By the way, I gotta watch it again. It is much better now because it is a document of a Comic Con that is no more. You're oh, at, you true. know, wow. I gotta get on the phone with with the producer <laughs> Scott Zachary. I gotta tell you him do. that because. And they do have the rights back now. Oh, nice. The 10 years has expired. Mm-hmm. Miramax had it. Now they have the rights back. That's a very interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought yeah, of you that. Yeah, re- you could re-release it and say because the I Comic-Con think, that was. I yeah. think there are really funny moments in there. And mm-hmm. the thing I'll say with it, and again, probably have said in the past, is there were moments I'd seen in Rough Cut where they just had lawyers who panicked. Mm-hmm. You know, so you like pull back on this and this. Like the first time I saw it was the climactic chase scene, where uh, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, Don Swan, um, Mark Hamill is running through in his Commander Courage uh, outfit through the floor. So yes, you're right. There it yeah. is a document of what the floor used to look like ten years ago, and um, and he's going to stop the big panel in which they're going to announce Codename Courage, the dark and gritty remake of his beloved, and. When I saw it in the editing booth, it was like, the thing I loved is like, as he's running, all these other cosplayers get in line behind him. And I don't know why, but this strikes me as hilarious that the Flash is like the seventh. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and like the Flash is behind. And so, and they did it to, um, uh, I'm holding out for a hero. And it was just like, it was so good. And then they panicked. They, or, or, you know, maybe they honestly... Probably didn't have the budget to pay Bonnie Tyler or whoever, right. Jim Simon, for it. So instead, they have kind of this golden age, like Superman radio show <laughs> theme behind it. And it's just kind of, it's not as, and it was the first time I'd ever seen, and I've seen this joke done elsewhere, was like, they're running, they're running, they're running, and then they get on the ele- the escalator, and the music stops, and they all just... Well, all standing on the escalator. And they all just go up the escalator, and then they hit the top, and then it goes, and we're holding up for right here! <laughs> you know, and it was just like, it was the funny, it really was funny. And and Mark really had, you know, some pretty good ideas as a director. You know, it's just, there's a mess, because we had like four or five different teams that went out and filmed their stuff, and then you didn't know what they were doing, and they came back, and mm-hmm. they didn't have the guidance of like a Christopher Guest mockumentary. Yeah. But... You make a really, really good point. Wow. I know. I'm as blown away as you are. <laughs> I'm going to go, well, not tonight, because I, you know what, I, yeah, I'm watching. To watch I have so many things for Cinequest to watch, which we'll bring now to Cinequest. We, we'll mm-hmm. put that at the top of the movies. Uh, so many things, but, you know, what I need to watch is that Comic-Con, the documentary, the, um, uh, yeah, what was uh, called? What, the, the, but the the super size me guy, uh, um, Morgan Spurlock, Mar- Morgan Spurlock's documentary on Comic Con, which is only now three years old, four years old. Yeah, yeah. And then compare that to com- to Comic Book the movie. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. Hmm. And and you're not the first person and the only person to tell me how much you know, people told me they've enjoyed that movie. It's just yeah. I go well, you know, just kind of like, and so I thought, well, maybe it just wasn't that good, you know. But I, <laughs> I, it has it has great moments and it was fun fun to be involved in and uh 
Look up Once Upon a Dime. dime. <laughs> Look up Once Upon a Dime. There's some really funny stuff that we did to to yeah. promote that on, on online. So, um, and which is all archived on Fanboy Planet. Uh, so let's right. talk about <laughs> one of the. Re- that's right. You did some great stuff I did there. Things, yeah. um, so um, we are going to take a look at Cinequest. Yesterday we all attended, and were plied heavily with alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was shameful. How shamefully awesome! <laughs> we forgot the word. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, I've <laughs> had words. enough. I just went out after you know, and it's like we do the end of the evening. Just before the bar closes, I'm going to get another drink. Can I get you a drink? And I just, somebody other than me took over my body and said, yes, yes. just make it fruity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was so delicious. it was you. That was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was delicious. Anyway, yes, it was the Cinequest launch party. I don't want to get too deep into Cinequest tonight because we will sit down with Mike Rabel and hopefully Hofton. And uh, we will bring Kyle Burt, Kyle. a.k.a. Hamilton, Hamilton Ursula <laughs> Burt. Uh <laughs> Or yeah. Ursula Hamilton Burt depends on <laughs> depends on how fabulous is feeling. That's so right. uh, anyway, it, and we will sit down and talk about as there are some amazingly exciting things happening. We can say up front directly, and it's been a big hit on the on the site as well. Uh, on Sunday, March 9th is a Writers Appreciation Day. <laughs> so uh, not only will it be a how to pitch uh, workshop in the morning. Yep. For whatever that may be worth, I'm intrigued to attend if I can. Uh, then they're going to show Masterpiece, uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, so it's a documentary that I did track down because Mike R- Rabel had told me, oh, it's like I'm one of the Batman, the animated series things because he didn't really know. Mm-hmm. It's actually only available on the Dark Knight Returns uh, complete edition. Completed, yeah. The one that put one Collected. and two they put one and two together uh-huh. even though they released one and two separately. separately. Yes. So now this is on there and that was released just in October and now it's the first time this movie will be there theatrically. I mm-hmm. uh, don't think Frank Miller will be able to be there because of being busy filming Sin City 2 but it's still interesting to see I'm sure and get a look inside inside his work mm-hmm. when he was truly influential it's not that he's not now it's just you know, his reputation has suffered some dings in the past few years. Yeah. Uh, but this was, you know, a documentary about him at the top of his game. No questions. So that should be fascinating. Followed by, at one thirty, the Maverick Spirit Award going to Neil Gaiman, a Q&A. A good friend of mine. That's uh, not sure, true. Sure, that's not true. He beat me for a Hugo once. That's all. He remembers me when I see him. That's nice. I, I've met him once, and I get to meet him again, and I'm very excited <laughs> about that. And that's, that's all to say, except... Um, that he will be getting this award, and that's very exciting. And uh, and then there's lots of programming we're going to be going through. As I said, starting tonight, I'm going home. I'm going to watch one of the movies, and then I've got a bag full. And but mm-hmm. Chris here, uh, of course, is I I don't know if we get I don't want to again. Unfairly, we should stress that this is not necessarily how Cinequest works. We've got advanced screeners of a lot of the movies. Well, because that will we be are available to people. We're right. We are right. we are press. Mm-hmm. Remember this. Right. We are press, and everyone who attended the media event last night got a little bag of screeners. Right. To cover because that's uh, like Charlie McCollum last year for the San Jose right. Mercury did. Yeah. Like I know these top ten, and then mm-hmm. and now because they know that we're interested. You know, like we got an email today saying, oh, another one of the screeners came in. Do one of you want to walk by the office yeah. and get it? Which, of course, said, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be there. I'm already there. Yeah. And I'm technically staff, but. I have to say, I did enjoy walking into the office today. So the movie that I've already put a trailer up on Fanboy Planet for, mm-hmm. uh, that we're gonna wa- I'm going to watch tonight is Eternity, the movie. 
and that I just walked into the Cinequest office. Somebody looks up, and Houghton's walking by, and this guy <laughs> that I don't know walks up and says, can I help you? And I said, yes. Kyle promised me eternity. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then he came out, and he, I said, I told him, I told the guy, Kyle promised me eternity. He goes, yes, but eternity doesn't last forever. <laughs> and then he <laughs> <it to> me. <laughs> So it was beautiful, yes. but I did listen to the CD. So I don't know if you. Uh, mm-hmm. So they had the soundtrack album is on the flip side oh, okay. of the case, nice. and so I listened to the CD today. Oh my god, those songs are hilarious! Really? And there were a couple times in the car when I realized what words they were singing, <laughs> and and because I what it was like the first two songs sound perfectly hollow notes. Mm-hmm. And then there's and a, they look very very they look yeah. very hollow notes, which is a flashback to me because when right. my freshman year at UCLA in the dorm room, my roommate was obsessed with hollow notes. Yeah, in particular, and oddly, I think oats. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but it's all the it's all the sweaters uh, tied around the neck. And oh the my god! Eyes on, oh yeah, it's just, it's just a flashback to yeah. my days. It's Los Angeles in nineteen eighty five, so close enough. Yeah, and I'm just dying looking at that trailer and listening to the song. So it's Hollow Notes. So then they've got someone who sounds kind of like the Jets nice. or or Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam, and I'm like, and I'm going, wow, I can even pull these band names who it sounds like to me out of you know. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, and now there's someone that's kind of like the Fix. I mean, and they're ch- like. And I believe in when you get a soundtrack like that, it's it's best to listen to it before you've seen the film because I like to hear mm-hmm. the songs out of context and just really focus. And I'm just, this is perfect, except that it's also clear, like Spinal Tap, these guys are meant to not really know what they're doing. Oh, so it's very clear from the from the well, yeah, no, I I know, previous. I know, but but what I, but I don't want to oversell to right, right. Uh, so I actually got an email from the filmmakers today. Oh, nice. Because they thanked us for, for having to be, uh, because, yeah, and they're going to release the soundtrack on February 11th. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, well, that's their hope. So, well, that's what we're hoping for. And I would say, it's worth it for the fun if you like 80s style so music. Eternity, eternity, the soundtrack. Eternity, the soundtrack. On February 11th. Uh, February 11th. Well, you know, we'll we'll give you we'll updates see. when yeah. they comes. And I'm not sure if it's going to be available on iTunes yet or Amazon or what, but... I, I, I just wrote back and said, believe me, we'll be putting a link, whatever you've got, because <laughs> I'm laughing, and it's just, oh my God, there's just, there's just so, they're, they're so magnificently good and bad, especially that there's two songs in which the central image is a single cross earring, <laughs> the da- which I see in the trailer of the single cross, yes, and, right. and, and so they sing a song called Double Cross with a single cross earring. And nice. then the girl sings a song about about how that'll prove my love if you do a single if you give me a single cross earring. <laughs> so I'm like, that's hilarious. And there's one song in there that that is like taking those horrible, horrible fifties and sixties like teen angel lost love ballads. Right. But putting it into an eighties synth pop <laughs> form. Which oh. I don't believe that was mu- done much. Oh no, the... no, that was done a lot. Like what? Um, they, so, Who did that in the eighties? Uh, they were doing that with because um, so there was the whole remix thing that started in like eighty three, eighty four. Yeah, um, that the L A Dream Team did a whole bunch of things of uh, what was, the one that I have in my head is Angel Love. It was. No, Angel. But but what well, are you saying? Remixes of '60s songs? Yeah. No, no. But, but we're I'm talking about a. This is someone oh. writing a brand new '80s synth pop, right. As a theme, oh. 
about a girl who wasn't a very good swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm listening and going, oh, it's a lost love song. And then I'm realizing what genre lyrically it is and then how awkwardly phrased it is. (laughs) I don't laugh out loud by myself in my car driving a lot, but... But when you do, I did, I did today. I'd like to sing a song based on a series of original of, of actual events. Yes, that happened in the public pool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm just waiting to see how these fit in context I, I, because I'm dying. So now I both have I to buy this song, CD. Chlorine Baby. It's called Yolanda. Yolanda. It's called Yolanda. Yolanda. Which then, to me, I don't even know. Just the name Yolanda seems funny to me, about it, and I just don't it's know why. Young. It's it's very funny. So we should move on because we'll cover plenty yeah, of sending questions. We'll, yes, can I very quickly make one plug to the science fiction? Well, fans I want out you there? to. I want you to. That's what you're here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the shorts program because that's going to get overlooked by the others. Yes, yes. You're the guy who knows it all. So the shorts program this year is the best shorts program ever done in history. But and I say that with all seriousness, this is the best one I've ever been involved. Is that with. is that even better than uh, Napoleon's inter- <laughs> invasion of Waterloo? It was good, not great. This okay. is great. Okay. Um, but the two things that really fans of this podcast and you know we love you uh there's one called animate animate me which is an animation program featuring animation i think it's a total of 17 from around the world one of which is nominated for the oscar one called mr hublot Uh, and i'm surprised it's mr and hublot not monsieur hublot or mr right because i thought i saw that up there, and I thought, oh, it's like mm-hmm. Monsieur Hulot, which is, but they translate Hulot. I mean, those Mr. Hulot's, yeah. holo- they are not Monsieur, mm-hmm. they are Mr. Mr. Hulot's, you yeah. know, for American audiences. Mm-hmm. We don't want to say Monsieur. It hurts. Yes, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. Um, there's one on there called The Video Dating Tape of Desmondo Ray, age 34 and three quarters, which is the darkest three minute film in the history of mankind. It is darker than an actual video dating tape. But more importantly, there's a, a a series of science fiction films called uh, Reality, Strange Realities, which is uh, eight films, again, all around the world, featuring time travel films. Uh, probably the only zombie film that has actually made me weep. It was it's it's called Cargo. It's Australian. We've shown it on Fanboy Planet. Yes, I, I we post it. So Cargo's there. Cargo is magnificent. Yes, it is. And if you want to see a preview, Cargo is on Fanboy Planet. It's on mm-hmm. the it's on the now showing to uh, the movies 2013 okay. uh, page, and it's uh, I ran it after Christmas, so yeah. it was uh, like December 27th. Oh, so yeah. I will I will actually mm-hmm. repost it now, knowing that that's going to show. Yes, at, because I don't know what prompted me to to watch it because mm-hmm. it's like zombie, but it was just like. That is a beautiful movie. That is a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's it's an amazingly effective film. There's also a great comedy in there. Called... Did you watch it, Rick? No, I didn't. Oh, watch oh, it. Oh, it is like four or five minutes? It's, yeah, it's like, I think, seven minutes total. Oh, oh wait a minute. Which one? Cargo, about the fog. Oh, yeah, no, no. I thought I, I misunderstood what you're saying. Yes, yeah, I watched the Cargo. A, yeah, mm-hmm. that was just a beautiful film. That yeah. was a really well yeah. done, clever take on the whole mm-hmm. thing. I just oh, and it devastates me as a yeah. as a father. You usually go, mm-hmm. oh my god, you know. Yeah. I would hope I would never have been that clever. Well, you can't give too much away, but it's, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it is. It's yeah. just a beautiful film. So uh, we'll, we'll I'll repost that. Thank you, Andrew mm-hmm. Sinequest Banner. Thank you for telling yes. me that. 
But there's two in there that really, if you go out of your way to see, see these, because you're not going to see them anywhere else right now. One is called The Stitch in Time for $9.99, about a time travel travel agency. It's a comedy that gets everything right and has almost zero effects. And it's brilliant. Okay, cool. The other one is a film called Sorry About Tomorrow, another time travel film. Uh, it's a pretty standard uh, guy meets two women who happen to be time travel scientists and solves their problem. And then the time police come after them. It was a 48-hour film. It is... A film that was made in 48, 48 hours. hours. Right, right. Yeah. It is better than any other time travel film I can think of. It looks like it was produced over the course of two or three years with several hundred thousand dollars. Wow. It's amazingly good. And it's just now starting on the circuit. I think it's at, been at Cine, it'll be at CineQuest and it, it'll be at the Boston Science Fiction Film Festival. And that's it. Now I'm going to ask, Hosley, is there a chance that we could get screeners mm-hmm. of that? Uh, or do you know the date, at least, of when it's going to play? Yes, I do. I believe it's, the first one is on uh, March 7th. Um, but uh, I, can get, I can get you screeners for that. I know a guy. I know a He's guy. He's sitting next to me at the table. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little awkward saying it, but yes, hello. Yeah, hello. Well, hello. <laughs> uh, so. Yes, but yeah, so hey, many great films. Rick feels so left out. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just tired. <laughs> you always look at me like, oh. Yeah, okay, look. Oh, wrong passcode. So um, anyway, all right, so we go to further movies. Uh, this week, Michael Bay revealed the new look of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I am not upset. I am not invested enough to be upset, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm not seeking it out. I'm a, I'm, well, a, I'm a Ninja Turtle did fan. Did you have it there? And I'm not upset. I, I do. I, I, do I, no, no, no. You, oh, you haven't seen it? No, I haven't. Well, I've thing, been so unimpressed with everything but, but that the, I've heard but, about this movie. You know, and the thing I'll say is I, I figured this was coming. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I figured this was coming was because knowing who the actors were, most of whom are actors people really wouldn't know, but one name that stuck out was Alan Richson. Yeah. He's who played Aquaman on Smallville. Mm-hmm. So he's a tall, muscular guy. It was like there yeah. was no way this was like Ernie Reyes Jr. playing a turtle. No. You know, so they are these tall, beefed up, um, very sinewy because it's Michael Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. Splinter apparently looks like a Decepticon. And oh, I haven't seen Splinter. The, uh, not Splinter, a uh, Shredder. Shredder. I'm sorry. Why do I always do that? I, mean, I, I know Splinter is a rat. They both begin oh, with that. this is just sad. You saw it. I, no, no, no. I hate The Verge. The Verge is like this, the slime bucket of... Uh, and they for Michael Bay, they got the picture of him in front of oh, the, the Sanyo stuff. You can let it go. Let yeah. Rick, just let yeah, it walk, walk the, away. Walk away. But I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Ninja Turtles from 86 on. I have loved the Ninja Turtles since the beginning. And I am not unhappy with the with the visuals of this turtle because it is an appropriate reaction to the times. You know what I like about it is that it the armor that he's wearing, at least from this angle, looks uh, like uh, stuff that they could have Oh Shredder, yeah. No 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 no. The the Oh yeah the yeah. turtle looks like stuff they could have found in the sewers and cobbled together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, no. And, I mean, and, and at the same time, it does look kind of samurai Ronin. Kind and of. they're just more—they're just more humanoid, I think, than they were before. That's certainly true. And Shredder just looks like Shredder. And yeah. So, whatever you know, I, people. Okay, no, I get it. If people really feel an ownership, it's like I've said. You know, it's like here, Rick and I can argue for, although we're on the same side, I think, argue for days about 
the look of the care of the amazing five in every doc savage comic ever made you know yeah. so i get that you feel an ownership of characters um so if you want to say go on to facebook our facebook page and tell us what you think i'm okay i'm okay with it you know um, i'm all right i i enjoyed but you know what there's a groundhog i mean i mean i don't even know how i oh i wish i had the camera going for that that's the most frivolous rick brechneider has been in years ever um okay we we can all be upset about the x-men days of future past oh just quicksilver yes and no it depends on when he's being placed in time like so i heidi mc uh Heidi McDonald on the beat um, said, was like, she goes, like in the 90s, we were running into club kids that were kind of dressed like that. So maybe that's who Quicksilver is. The problem is, like, for me, Quicksilver is a character that when, by the time I discovered who he was, he was already the arrogant adult and not the hot-headed teen Teen mutant like i was too you know first parents was in the brotherhood of evil mutants Mutants. right 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 right. you know but when but i didn't read x-men then you know i think i read him uh the first thing i read was something about scarlet witch and the vision like an avenger somebody gave me an avengers when i was six or seven and i remember like you know pietro could never pass as human that's why he found love with crystal and um you know so pietro could pass as human (laughs) I know is one of those stupid things that yeah. they, you know, they wrote for the moment. Look, look, yeah. look, look. Yeah. I I can't defend I know, Marvel I know, I know, scripting. Am I am I remembering right that he had a mini series of some sort in the mid to early eighties? Probably. Could and because I I, ver- I have this image of a terrible pink cover with him zipping it across be. it. It could be that that's he did have a mini series a few years ago mm-hmm. as well when he was putting the Terrigen Mists out, which ironically, well, they went ahead. they all did like two, three. Oh, no, no, but I, but, I say, but I think ironically, the thing is like he was going out trying to make everybody have the Terrigen Mists. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and guess what they've just done? In humanity, they've done, you know, right, they just, right. just repeated again. Only oh, this time it worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, his powers changed. After No More Mutants, he lost his powers. Right. And then he got new, he exposed himself to the Mists and, and I don't know if he's a speedster again. He must be. Yes. Uh, but he became a time traveler instead. His power was time travel. And uh, so, anyway, uh, we have the kid from uh, American Horror Story playing Quicksilver. I mean, the the amazing thing is, it's like, this is great. So we have this guy uh, for, for the X-Men Days of Future Past. And now it's like, okay, bars raised. Because now what are we going to see? Because Quicksilver is an Avengers Age of Ultron played by Aaron Paul, who is kick-ass. And then uh, and the Scarlet Witch, who's not being used in X-Men Days of Future Past, is also being used in Avengers Age of Ultron, being played by the talented Olsen sister, Elizabeth. Really? Yes. Huh. So, wow. uh, Interesting. So, yeah, because, because those two characters were in both rights packages. Hmm. Hmm. Because they've been Avengers. Yeah. And they've been X-Men. Wow. So, that, I, wow. So, I'm interested again. Well, but now we got to see the X Men Days of Future Past version yeah. first. Where I'm assuming Toad is the one with the goggles. It was hard to yeah, no, it was so. Toad. And, and it's funny because I I looked at him. I go, why did why is Scott Summers squatted down like that <laughs> and looking and all shaved on the sides of his head? Seriously, I was going, what have they done with his visor? 
but it's Toad's got these kind of like visor-like goggles. Well, he on. looked like Strong Guy to me. Yeah, I I would go with that too. I love but strong no, guy strong guy, like, no, strong guy was bigger and hulkier. No, on he the was, top, but but yeah, but, but, the, but, but the, the visual, the head, the head was strong. The guy. head didn't mm-hmm. look like strong guy. The, the what was what I was amazed if with. Charlie Brown were a mutant. Was no, what that we spent okay. was. we spent a while looking at the Quicksilver Silver thing, and then the next day I found all the other yeah. covers. And the the I was you know they were saying like the biggest superhero movie ever, more characters, and they're probably right. They've got more yeah. characters in that. The, now two of them, one was Bolivar Trask, and the other one was Simon Trask. Yeah, I think his so. son, military yeah. guy. And then they had one for the director, but everybody else, two Sentinels, and then all the different, you know, Colossus, two different versions Beast, of Wolverine, two different versions of Wolverine, one in a mecha, so, yeah. yeah, combat suit, Kitty Pride, um, Kitty Pride, Blink, uh, Warpath, Warpath, Bishop. And but you know here's havoc, havoc, yeah. Who was in? Who was, who was in, in the, first class? Yeah. But here's the thing: is you know the last stand had a lot of characters that nobody ever knew who they were, right? Because they just blinked in. That's and out. right. Yeah. And so that's you know, and so that's my concern is that's a lot. I have a feeling though with the introduction of Bishop, I think that's leading into Age of Apocalypse because Bishop wasn't in the original Days of Future Past, right? Oh. Yeah. So he was coming back to face uh, Strife and Cable, so who are mysteriously absent from this. But but they know they're going to do an X Force movie, so maybe Cable and Strife are going to go there. Yeah. But um, but we know that Days of Future Past, though they're not filming concurrently, is going to lead directly into there'll be a cliffhanger in Days of Future Past that's going to go right to X Men Apocalypse. <laughs> are they filming that now, or do they film? It? They will be. They will. Okay. They haven't yet. They're giving people time off i hate storm's hair uh yeah Hall- why did halle berry clearly piss brian singer off <laughs> that's all i can think is like this is passive aggressive no 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 no. you look really good with a dead badger on your head yeah. no trust me <laughs> um let's fluff that up a bit i was starting to look in that bed it was starting to look natural um you know so i don't know i i I've certainly seen costumes in still pictures before where we've gone, that looks stupid. And then in context, the performance or the action or whatever, yeah. you forget. Mm-hmm. Great casting for young Kitty Pride. Ellen Page was in yeah. Last Stand. Yeah. She, but, so, I mean, she looks more like her in this one yeah. than she did well, in Last Stand. Well, she's now actually, she's older. She's yeah. gotten some, you know, uh, experience behind her back. She was always a good actress, and now she's a little older and understands. And it's, I'm... I'm still interested in the film. I just didn't like that look. But I thought the other thing with Quicksilver was he looks like Wonder Man. Yeah. But then I realized I've never liked Wonder Man's costume either for that same reason. What a, you know. Um, yeah. I but that but that was of the time period. And so that made sense. It's yeah. like, you know, I, I don't like the the foolish, weird bandoleros around people's legs that uh, Rob Liefeld popularized. And that <laughs> Superboy in, inexplicably the wore. right. Yes. You know. They're like handles, or like yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're like utility belts on the thigh. They're like they're like uh, they're like suspenders that somebody's dropped off their shoulders. Oh, that's that, different. No, I'm talking about something different. No, no, no. There are these. There are these. Like, oh, the, no. The I, I know like what you're talking about. Pockets. Yeah, they're the, pocket. They're yeah. utility belts around the thigh. Yeah. yeah. But the handles too. I mean, all those things. What the hell? Anyway. Um, so we've got in that. In my day. In my day. We well, underwear on let's, the outside. Let, let's, we loved it. <laughs> let's stay in Marvel for a moment and say that um, apparently test screenings of the Winter Soldier have gone through the roof 
and Marvel is going forward with already <laughs> holding on to the directors for Captain America 3. They are beginning the development of Captain mm-hmm. America 3. Excellent. What is interesting is we have not heard anything about Thor 3, and yet The Dark World did insanely well. So they must be... I, I'm guessing what they're waiting for is a gap in Tom Hiddleston's schedule hmm. to determine, mm-hmm. and what are you going to do, a Loki film. Did you guys see, by the way... Um, and I think it's going to be an extra on the Dark World DVD. How they did the Captain America cameo? No. So they filmed that scene, and they actually filmed that scene originally with Tom Hiddleston in the Captain America scene. I heard that, yeah. So Chris Evans is actually doing an impression of Tom Hiddleston doing an impression of him. And <laughs> I went, that's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. That's I still haven't seen Thor. Oh. I saw the first one. Didn't see the second one. The second one was fun. I saw really cool. You know the stickers that you put on the backs of cars with yeah. the, the stick families in them? Yeah. I saw a great one today, which was, it's a it's a silhouette of Loki. Yeah. Side, side shot of Loki looking inward toward the family, and the family's all kneeling before him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> Where do I get that? Um, that's funny. Um, and then... A casting rumor, which is, again, you know, the movie even more filling me with dread than Superman versus Batman right now is Fantastic Four. Because all these things keep slipping out, and then and then people are scrambling to disgrace them. Have you heard the casting rumor? No. If you were to, um, like right now, knowing that even though they debunked that that casting thing that that you know Nate had found, right? Or at least Trank is claiming that. If you were going even with a young Ben Grimm, yes, and you know he's probably going to be CG'd, so you want somebody with a strong voice <laughs> to be Ben Grimm. Yeah, uh, give me an actor you'd like to be play Ben Grimm. Mm. No, he's dead. Um, I, do, I yeah, we know. do have to limit it to yeah. living actors. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's it's tough. All right. Well, here if I said this. If, a guy with a really good voice who say... I'd go for The Rock. Oh, The Rock would be great. Would be excellent. Yeah, if it's just uh, voice. I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out some kid. Oh, that'd something. be good. Well, here we go. Okay, so The Rock. That's a good, that's a good choice. Uh, if I were to limit you and say someone who maybe has made a very strong impact as an animated character in the last, oh, say, three months... Um, Josh Gad. Oh, I know this one. You, I, Do you see Olaf? I, I, I went right to Olaf. Olaf as in clobbering time. <laughs> in summer. <laughs> in summer. Uh, Josh Gad very hurriedly tweeted and said, no, this is ridiculous. Nobody's talked to me. <laughs> but to think, the thing is, it's one of those, it's like reading a political satire. It's like reading the Borowitz report in The New Yorker. Right. <laughs> but you the, never can tell. So the you, sheer stupidity of it is so stupid that, that, you, believe, that you believe yeah. that, a, that, a, that an executive went, hey, that Gad fellow is doing really well as Olaf. A snowman is like, kind of like, <clears> a, like, a, is kind of like a big orange rock man. Yeah. But th- this does leave it open for Zach Galifianakis to come in. And that he's perfect for Ben Grimm. Sure he is. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Next. Yeah. That's that's how you save a franchise. Moving on. <laughs> no, if you're just give me the damn voice. Uh, I'll be. That, that, that's pretty good, actually. You'd be a great Sandman, also. Oh, you mean the Marvel? Villain. The Marvel Sandman. I would not. 
disdain to be Morpheus. Morpheus. No. Um, yes. That, that, but you did use Dane in that. You uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> then I would Dane. <laughs> oh. That was well done. Well, that's at home. That's spelled D-I-G-N. Look it up, people. The or, word of the day is And Dane. when I say people, I mean lawn. <laughs> um, okay. That's uh, like a to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Afterwards, let's go get a salty <laughs> Um Anyway, and then of course Terry Gilliam's film The Zero Theorem. Yeah, saw the trailer today. You sent the sent I sent it like two days, days ago. ago. Yeah, and like you guys got to watch this, and I was like, okay, I better watch this before I go to the park. You should always know that when I send you something, that's not true. Yes, it is. <laughs> always is. You, you know, know, you want me to. That's <laughs> different. Okay, um, and I always admit when you are right. Okay, and then I say. Curiously silent when you were wrong. Oh, sure you do. <laughs> silent only. in my head. If only. Have, <laughs> your head's silent, your mouth keeps moving. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I have sadly not gotten to see it. No? No. It is... It's Brazil's intriguing. cubed. Wow. I can give no better thing than that. Brazil... Yeah. yeah. It's like, ha- finally CG... Has caught up to what's going on in Terry Gilliam's head. Oh Jesus! It's it's like there are going to be so many catchphrases from this movie, like hundred percent of zero. Was that it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And why do you want to prove that everything is nothing? Yeah. And it's um and it's Christoph Waltz mm-hmm. shaved head. I like that. Now they said Matt Damon somewhere in there, but not in anywhere in that trailer. I didn't spot him. No, I've seen, but I've seen like still shots of him. He's not in that trailer. They're not selling. This movie, I mean, this is how wild-ass this movie is. Right. They're not selling it on the strength of well-known, popular box office draw. Right. Well, wasn't, wasn't De Niro in, in, in uh, Brazil, Brazil yeah. kind yeah. of the same way? Kind of, you, you know, you're like, right. He just this shows is, up. No, go, here, but no, here's, here's the thing. If you if you track most of these films, think about this. This is uh, we'll, We're going to do a deconstruction right here. Bang. Time Bandits. Yeah. The Boy is the Dreamer. Yeah. Okay. And he has, uh, we'll call Sean Connery the magical assistant, um, the the one who guides him through and pulls him through the darkest times. Okay? What's the toaster? Justice. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, well, and then even that was just like, oh, Sean Connery showed up one day, and they went, I, I, you know, I, I don't have to fly out for another day. Oh, let's film something. So they did the toaster thing. Um, the second film would be uh, the would be Brazil. This is what happens to the dreamer who doesn't go out of his dreams as a, as an adult and tries to function in society. And Robert De Niro is the magical is assistant. the magical assistant who mm-hmm. gives him the truth, wakes yeah. him up. Which then I guess Sean Connery technically does. He wakes yeah. him up in time minutes. Uh, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen is the dreamer as an old man. Hmm. And who wakes him up in that? There is there is uh, a character. Oh, it's Sarah Polly. It yeah. turns it around. Into the the young one wakes him up and, and she gets drawn into the dream. Forgot that was her Polly. Yeah, so um, and that makes me want to go back and watch all these. And then yeah, and Parnassus. Who knows? Because Parnassus was just so you know uh, messed up. And then I don't think the Brothers Grimm counts. I mean, it's an interesting film, but it's not it's not as uh, close to his heart. Yeah. You know, did he do the Fisher King? He did do the Fisher King, and there it yeah. is. What is yeah. that? That is that's, that's the Dreamer. That's Robin Williams being age. pulled yeah. out by Je- by Jeff Bridges. So right. it all fits, and that's he has this theme going, and that's would have been what the man who killed Don Quixote mm-hmm. would have been. 
and with Johnny Depp being the guy yeah. pulling the dreamer out and uh and the, or guiding and helping and saving you know so the uh so this one is i uh, maybe Matt Damon is pu- is pulling that but it's it feels so much harder sci-fi and dealing with so many concepts i mean this whole right. we are i can't grasp my head around how he keeps calling himself we yeah that was and they keep stressing this in the trailer that he is a we and he's a multitude but nobody else seems to be acknowledging that. Right. It's almost like the, the uni- uniqueness of the crowd. I'm and like you go to Life of Brian, right? Yeah. Like I, we're you're all individuals. I'm not. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was a mind blowing trailer. Yeah. The frustrating thing is March 18th in Europe, no American release date yet. Yeah. Which too often happens. Actually, uh, it's uh, March 19th on the internet. Shh. That is the sound of bits flying towards the torrent. They do kind of sound that way. Which I do want to say, by the way, if you get this up on uh, January 30th, uh, oh, that's tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Or it's already open. Sparks opens in Dubai. Really? In over 10 cinemas in Dubai. That's 80% penetration into the Dubai market. Is it? It's No, it's. it's No, they they seem like they're a pretty good market. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, we get yeah the the onslaught of sparks begins. Uh, the inter- the international release it's fantastic. That's the first international release. That's the first opening date. Yeah. Oh wow. We're gonna be yeah it's gonna be all over the place though. It's it's mm-hmm. it'll be playing in Santa Rosa the first week of Cinequest. Unfortunately, oh, really? the Dubai of the movie. West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. Um, because they both have a Charles Schultz museum. That's not true. No, actually. <laughs> but they Santa have, Rosa doesn't have a Charles Schultz. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it's wonderful. I've been there. It's great. Um, anyway, okay, you ruined that. All right, so let's go to TV. New Who. Television. Television. Mm-hmm. We saw Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi in a new outfit. I like it. Standing yeah, like Elvis. Uh, you know, I think probably if you haven't seen it already, you've, you've, uh, you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, because we've certainly had our fun with it, <laughs> but it's 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 remarkably uh, toned down from everything else as far as having any kind of strange appointments. You know, there's not no bow ties, no no, no yeah. suspenders. He's very, uh, it's almost militaristic look. He's 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 literally a skinhead. He is well. He's not literally a skinhead because he doesn't. He still has well, hair. Okay, he's a skinhead before skinheads were actually shaving their heads. He, it, there's right, a, which is it's what, a lot of the a lot of the elements that made for rebellious uh, mm-hmm. British youth. Which I think makes perfect sense considering Absolutely. his own history, mm-hmm. Peter Capaldi's history as the leader of a punk band with mm-hmm. Craig Ferguson as drummer. Which I yes. like to we need to point out at yes. every possibility we can yes. that like. The 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 biggest Doctor Who fan in the world now turns out to be one of Doctor Who's best friends. It's got to be amazing. Yes, but so I have the rundown here. It's I mean, so it's Capaldi's hair. I mean, he's not like wearing a wig or anything, but no. it's kind of mm-hmm. a little spiky. It's a little up. Uh, the coat came from it comes from a, a Scottish company called Crombie, and that is a coat you can. Most of the stuff that the other thing about this, most of the stuff is not antique. It's not stuff that was made in the BBC factories, as opposed to the appearance of previous ones, which mm-hmm. have seemed to be of a certain time. Right. And, this yeah. is is primarily stuff you you would expect to be able to buy off the rack. However, so many people saw that coat and recognized what it was. The Crombie website went down from orders for that coat. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that whole darker outside and, and like a red or a pinkish interior is apparently a, a, a signature thing that they do at Crombie. Yeah. And I like it. And now... Yeah, it's great. There's speculation I... that the kind of baggy black pants also came from Crombie. But okay. people are not knowing. And why did I become the fashion editor all of a sudden? <laughs> I've just I'm just reflecting on that. I know but because my wife <laughs> because my wife does cosplay. Oh, look at him backpedaling. Look yeah. at him yeah. trying to dig his way out yeah, of yeah. this. See, the only reason I know this stuff is because of uh, the tiny, sky shows in the nineties. With by the way, a tiny delicate pink shovel as he's trying That's to dig right. his way out. Is. Uh, the, the cardigan is the key to it. Yeah, the, well, we'll get the cardigan. The, the the shirt is just a white shirt and no tie. So you know, that's 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 just. Mm-hmm. It's just there. The cardigan is another interesting. The cardigan is kind of a mystery because you can't see much of the cardigan in the shot, so nobody's able able been able to announce where that came from. And and there's so many cardigans are just such a staple of British fashion that you know who yeah, knows. Yeah. The mm-hmm. the question is like what if he, when he takes the coat off, what will the cardigan have? Will it be will it have like leather appointments on it? Will it have pockets? Will it have yeah. You know, uh, it, it it doesn't look like a waistcoat style thing. It's not going to have a chain between the pockets. I doubt. I, it doesn't seem. I'm like sorry, it uh, but I must step in here and say no. You mean a waistcoat? Waistcoat, whatever. Thank you. Waistcoat. A waistcoat. Okay. Um, but the the where <laughs> the most fun we had this week was with the shoes. <laughs> I don't know if it's fun, <laughs> but here's what I want to say: a personal triumph. A personal triumph because I love when somebody's been fighting and fighting and fighting Doctor Who fandom and you yourself probably didn't see this follow up because I think it was on his own page. But we got um, film and television actor Scott Allen Rinker to weigh, uh, to weigh in on the shoes yeah. and start arguing about this and going like, and, and you know, it was like great. But I feel like it was the straw that broke the camel's back because then on his own page he goes... All right, where do I start watching Doctor Who? <laughs> and a whole bunch of us go, Ooh. and I'm just like, wow, another one comes in and has been converted to the cause. Uh, so, man, oh man. so, Scott, love you, man. And it was funny because last year at, at, at Cinequest, it's like, you know, should we be friends on Facebook? And I said, well, you know, we've had, we've had a very fun week. Why not? You know, but I warn you, Scott. It's gonna you're gonna get inundated with geekiness, <laughs> and we've taken him. Uh, victory, <laughs> is ours, and now you know where the tea comes from. <laughs> but when the That's when the commercial when yeah. the picture came out, everyone focused on the Doc Martens, and actually, there's a quote from Moffat about the Martens being the rebel shoe that's you know, the, he stomps on the monsters yes. with the shoes. And but people were going. Those aren't Doc Martens because Doc Martens had the yellow stitching around the side. But not all Martens have that. The popular ones are the brown oil, oil yeah. leather ones mm-hmm. uh, that were popular, oddly enough, during the grunge movement as well. They're, yeah. they're associated with with the skinhead movement in Britain and the grunge movement in the in the mm-hmm. U.S. Um, but there are lots, lots and lots of varieties. So I was I was zooming those photos up to like five hundred percent to look and see uh, again. Hardcore journalism, <laughs> but there, there's a there's, he suffered for this article. They're 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 a wingtip style boot, and we've pretty much established that the, what he's wearing is a boot, um, and a wing seal stip wingtip with the the poked holes, which is actually a style mm-hmm. called a brogue, yeah, yes. which is a leather leather strips that go around the shoe in different patterns, and there's not a really good sh- good shot of the instep of the shoe, which is where the patterns were diverging, mm-hmm. and I called it as a shoe. 
and I won't even repeat the one that I had because it's wrong. Although in the article when I do update it, I will say that if you can't get the other ones, the shoes will probably fit. You know, if you got if you got pants going down to the top of the yeah, shoe, yeah, you're yeah. not going. No one's yeah, going to yeah. call you not wearing boots, and they do look very much the same. I mean, uh, no, I, and they I'm cost going, you about I'm a going third to, as much. I'm going as to boots. disagree because this is uh, having gotten caught in this um, <clears throat> to up to a point. If you're going to Baycon, yeah, someone will call you on it. Maybe because I've someone. had strange people. Okay, it's sure, not it's sure, not sure, him. Sure. I've had strange people come up to me and argue with my peanuts. Um, doctor shirt, you know the one that has all yeah, yeah. Maldon and Schultz characters, um, and talk about the coloring is off on this and that, and I'm like, you know, it's a limited T-shirt. It was just like they had three colors. It's uh, I'm thinking more along the line of going to Gallifrey, the big Doctor Who convention in L.A. I thought you which meant the is, planet, which is mm-hmm. much more accepting of people yeah, not not getting costumes exactly right. That's good cause yeah, that's because that's the it's way the it spirit be. of it. That's the way it should be. And this will still be a kick-ass set of shoes to be wearing with it. Because you know what, I just want to say, my son only wants to have um, sideburns so he can cosplay as David Tennant. Nice, nice. That's that's awesome. Sadly, he only wants to grow another three feet so he can cosplay as David, David Tennant. <laughs> well, no, there was a great at, at Comic Con this past summer. There was a there was a there was a ten year old who oh, was yeah. David Tennant who no, had the, yeah. drawn in the oh the best one I've ever seen is actually a three year old. I've seen that photo essay where she cosplayed as all of them. Yes, but let's be honest, her parents her did. parents did. Yeah, let's not give the three year old credit for putting together the outfit. Although she was very grumpy the two times I saw her in the uh, in the sixth. But when she was four, incredibly happy. Well, sure, because he's fun. I'm not arguing that. Anyway, let me finish. Let me wrap, wrap this up because what what was what we got the scoop on was th- that this morning to try and figure out what exactly these shoes were. Journalism. I, I did call. <laughs> uh, I did call the Doc Martens in the UK. Unfortunately, I got them about six o'clock. They most of the people who left, but I got somebody in marketing who knew part of the story. And what's, they are quite amused because... <laughs> I want all this in the article. And I'm going to repost. This is so awesome. The shoes that they have in the Peter Capaldi photo are not Doc Martens. They are from a designer named Kurt Geiger. Yes. And Doc, the Doc Martin people say that they're actually having meetings on this. <laughs> but that apparently they believe that when the show goes to when they start filming that they will be wearing he will be wearing Doc Martens and yeah. what I haven't what I haven't yet established and what we'll round this out is when I when I find out they have started filming well the, apparently he will be wearing Doc Martens that's, yes that's there, well, there are sh- there are shots released today from uh, somebody snuck them but oh, okay oh, yeah so maybe that. they got overnight they got the right shoes but the the we'll find out what the what the model yeah. of Doc Martens that he will be wearing and what the Geiger shoes were too. The Geiger shoes are actually pretty cool for patent leather uh, for patent leather boots, and there was a really nice uh, Doc Martin patent leather boot that I I suspect that might be the one that they're actually doing. Although that one is sold out worldwide, there's no place you can buy it. Found one on eBay in the UK, the eBay uh, eBay.co.uk, but it was sold. So, Hilly, you're wonderful. Come back to the paper. There we go. <laughs> way. Uh, we now move to, shall we say, video games or wrestling? Because the other thing. You've got this video game Let's thing. go to wrestling first and then back to video games. All right. Please. Go ahead. So, okay. So, big news that just broke today was yes. that CM Punk, the 
third, I would say he's the second. Most people would say he's the third most important player right now in the WWE. Uh, behind only uh, John Cena and, I will argue, Daniel Bryan, um, who was his own source for news. But he went into a meeting with Vince today and said, I'm going home. And yes. his contract is up in July. But he said, I'm just going to bop out. Now, this could be an angle. This could be just uh, him saying, you know, uh, I need some time. He's been basically working straight for 10 years mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and has been, has you know, like any of the guys, he's going to be beat up and he works a very physical style. Uh, he has a lot of outside interest as well. But I know he's had some involvement with Marvel Comics. Absolutely. Um, and so the the question is, if it's an angle, will he be back for WrestleMania? Because right now everyone is acting as if he's completely gone from this point forward. He's been taking yeah, off all the house that's shows. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing, yeah. The one thing, the one piece of news I managed to get out of anyone that I haven't seen anywhere else is that apparently this is not the first time that he actually did say I'm walking off when he was going to be walking off in uh, 2011 uh, with the whole I don't have a contract thing and I'm going to leave as champion. Apparently at one time he said he was going to be taking time off and they just threw enough money at him that he decided not to. Okay. This doesn't seem to be the same situation, which is either a they're really working hard to fool everybody, and more than likely the first time wouldn't be the first time, or b it's a real situation they're going to probably try to throw money at him anyhow. What one or two f sources on the inside have been saying, and I don't know how much credence to give it is, is that they want Punk to come back. In the as a part of the main event at Mania, and cost Batista the win because Batista came back and won the Royal Rumble this week. Oh, Batista, yeah. star of the upcoming summer blockbuster Guardians of the, the Galaxy. Galaxy. Yes, yes, um, cost him the title somehow, and it'll be a big surprise because he's been gone and he's out of everyone's mind. It's it's going to be fascinating because he's really a he's a rather controversial figure. Uh, in wrestling at the moment, he's he speaks his mind a lot more than a lot of folks, mm -hmm. and has managed to succeed despite that. So it's interesting to see where this leads to. And a lot of folks were thinking in July there are going to be a lot of people trying for a lot of pieces of Punk, and I could see that happening. Hmm. So stay tuned, Christners <clears throat> or Fandroids. Anyway. Do you refer to them when you go when you go on other podcasts? Um, this is the only podcast I'm on. Liar, but that's yeah. It's pretty yeah. much I have four of my own. Yeah, so. I know, I know. God, jeez. Yeah, I've never heard you call the Christners out on the T Rage podcast. Actually, I did once. It was very funny. Yeah, okay, I'll have to come into the T Rage. Uh, you should do that sometime. You'd be a great guest. I, I am. A Wait a minute. No, yours is Leaf and Let Die. Leaf and Let Die, yes. T-Rage -rage is Stephen Nelson. Well, I'd like to be on both. And you start a war. Both. Start a T-War. There you are. Oh, it's already happening. Oh, okay. Darjeeling's are forever. So should we finish up with video games? Yeah, yeah Darjeeling's that what I had to go. Uh, forever. <laughs> okay, thank you. So, there's this uh, thing called online gaming. I'm and familiar with most it. Most people know about it because you know they become elves and trolls and 
or DC superheroes, superheroes, Mm -hmm. um, or Starfleet officers, or Uh, Jedi, Jedi. and Jinx. the the one The one game out there that's really kind of uniquely different is is called Eve Online, and it's been around God at least six seven years. Yeah, I think the I think the development's done in Iceland. That sounds right. It's Iceland. Out, yeah, of, of all places. And and in it, you you start off with, when you when you find yourself in this world having paid your subscription fee, you have a ship, and there's spaces out there. And you now have to decide what you're going to do. It's not, it's not like there are quests built or that you have like a duck telling you, you should go down the forest and talk to the woodland elves. Um, what game is that? I'm, I'm, that's, that's pretty, pretty much, that's pretty much World of Warcraft. Rat. There's a duck. Oh, I don't know if there's a Not duck. Not a duck, but you know, there's something. Well, now, now I've lost interest. Thanks. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> but if it had been a duck, if it had been a duck, I'd have been there. It's a Get on that World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you have a ship. And a so, goose is not as good. So you can you can go out there and you can be like you can just go tool around in your own ship uh, if you're foolhardy. Or yeah, and you can go. Oh, and I am. And you go mine asteroids and bring that back, and or take trade between planets. And it's a big space, and it's a beautifully programmed um, view of your ship as it gets faster, and you're going past stars, and it's it's pretty mm-hmm. much real time. Um, the most people will join clans. They'll join a part of a sure, bigger sure, thing, sure. and they'll take on missions that whoever's running the clan has done, which is not un- unlike. The kind of stuff that has in, happens in World of Warcraft or any of the other other games. Um, what sets Chris Chris called World of Warcraft uh, called Eve Online the 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 most interactive of all spreadsheets. Yes, <laughs> because it is it is. You, I'm sold. You're not really looking at your character. You're basically looking at like the the stats on your starship. Mm-hmm. And what you have in your cargo hold, and things like, and how much yeah. damage you've taken, or what weapons you have, um, and you, you I think you have a por- you make you get a portrait, you make yeah. a portrait of yourself, which shows up when you're communicating with someone else, but it's not like it's video, and it's not like a character mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. happening. Uh, at least last time I played, yeah, that's that's exactly it. So, why this is news is that uh, recently, uh, a guy named J- Car- James Carl woke up to find that. Uh, something he would he would I have to step back part of the the thing about the game is it's 24 hours it's always going on when you're not playing your character your stuff is still mm-hmm. out there in the game which makes Just for a com- like life man makes for a compelling reason to be in the game protecting yes. your stuff but you can set up things to happen while you're asleep you know that payments will go through and weapons get definitely re-incharged. designed in Iceland because there's not much else yeah. to do Play so, Eve and sleep. So at some point, kill whales. A <gasps> payment that he had he had set up to ma- be made to protect this planet or this sector um, didn't get made. Defenses went down, and a, uh, a two teams called the CF- CFC and get this the Russian forces <laughs> joined and attacked. And are now in an incredibly huge battle with Pandemic, which is Carl's group, and N3, coalition, uh, the coalition there. Um, so there are literally hundreds of thousands of 
ships being destroyed in this the the there is active war going on uh, like a huge galactic war going on <laughs> in eve online right now they were saying that um let's see there are, there are more than seven thousand stars and the virtual the, they have a, an economy that you when you do things in the game you yeah. you get money but you can also spend your own real money to get money in the game yeah Sure, like um, too many games. Yeah, the average ship that gets you know, more than a hundred Titan vessels, big ships, have been destroyed in this battle so far. In real world money, each one of those ships would cost three thousand dollars. So either in money that they have earned or paid into it, that's just gone. Mm-hmm. So let me just backtrack. Are people actually like? Trading money is this like Bitcoin, where people just start. At, no money as, comes out of the game. Yeah, you you, you okay? Yeah, it's all flow. It's it all, all flows flow in, in to buy resources or to buy armor or weaponry or whatever. You know, it's it's the same kind of same terminology, but it means different when you're armoring your starship versus when this you're is armoring, like the longest. Your... This is the slowest slot machine in the world. <laughs> like you put in your three thousand dollar coin, right? And, and I got lemons. <laughs> But it's space lemons. <laughs> I haven't yet been able to determine <laughs> space cows. if the Russian forces... What is it with space cows? ...are actually from Russia or if they're a bunch of guys in Delaware. So EVE is the it's a, number a, two game in Russia. Is it? Okay, so it probably is Russian forces. So likelihood is... Because this happens a lot with uh, clans in Warcraft 2. Yeah. Is that you will have uh, groups that are centered in a country... And then you have the expats who are their friends, and then the friends of those expats. Right, right. And this is actually uh, a lot of the horde uh, in Warcraft that is centered in Russia. You can actually, uh, they call them the skis, um, because there are whole clans that everyone's last name is in ski. Uh huh. And so, you know, you'll see, if you go around at BlizzCon, you'll see people with their horde outfits, and you'll see lots of Russian names on the, uh, on the jerseys. Oddly enough, I was in Disneyland during BlizzCon. I was in BlizzCon. And saw jerseys. Saw exactly that. I had no idea what it was. Jerseys with the horde symbol I was, on them. But I was terrified. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. the best thing is the horde cheerleaders. They were the best part of the whole thing. Wow. There, there were women dressed up in beautiful cheerleading costumes that said the horde. <laughs> so we, we, have, we have now, you know, we talk a lot about living in cyberspace, but we don't necessarily mm-hmm. discuss the idea that Galactic cyberspace wars are going on mm-hmm. on our planet right and what, now. And what terrifies me is what if those were all sentient? This is yeah, I, I've exactly. seen Tron. Yeah, I, this is, I've seen her. Samantha's dead. <laughs> Curse you, user! What? I haven't seen her yet. Oh, oh, you are. Sorry. But no, there there are millions of dollars at stake in this one battle. Yes, that's that's what's incredible. This is okay. I'm gonna go home <laughs> and read a book. There you go. It's about a lot cheaper. A giant space battle. About giant space battles. Uh, no, I'm Lensman still, is where you start. I'm still no. Green Lantern is where I start. I have the archives. It's just fine. I'm going to go home and watch Eternity the movie. There you go. And uh, good call. That's it. Because I left Blood Punch on my desk at work. I've watched it. I'm afraid. Although I have a feeling I don't want to watch Blood Punch at no. night alone. Well, no, it's not the alone part. It's at I all. want to kind of be. It's a it's a morning one, so you have the rest of the day to work it off. <laughs> I do tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Oh my God! But they're going to be around children. I, I'm in an office sealed okay. off, and okay. it's like, and then they'll go, Mr. McCall, what's wrong? Okay. 
Yeah. Why is Thor nailed shut, sir? <laughs> you don't want to know. All right. So uh, there we go. I think this is all we've got for this week. This was quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit of conversation touching most of our topics ever. You know, like we've got everything. Mm-hmm. We even got cosplay in there. That's amazing. Wow. Well so done. <clears throat> well done. And again, journalism. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so if you have enjoyed this podcast, or if not, either way, if you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. You may have heard this on iTunes, in which case, please subscribe or go ahead and rate us and tell your friends. Let's do us on the Stitcher app as well. We're still doing pretty well there, so rate us, subscribe there. Um, and of course, you can find us. And may have at www.fanboyplanet.com where there's plenty of articles, pictures, many tonight. We've done a lot of a good job of referencing many of the articles we've got. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read that, and there's a lot more, and we're doing a lot of CineQuest coverage this year, I think even better than last year, right out of the gate. I'm feeling pretty mm-hmm. happy about it. And of course, go see Sparks if you're in uh, Dubai, and uh, or buy it on Amazon because it'll be it'll be I think it's March 18th. A little, cheaper, a little cheaper, a little cheaper, a little cheaper, a little, a little. Um, but Emirates and, is a great airline. Yeah, well, sure, okay. Uh, which does remind me, of course, you can anything you hear about here, you can uh, probably purchase at Amazon, unless, of course, if you have a local comic book shop, please go there first and support your local comic shop because that's what's keeping us alive too, as far as uh, our our horrible weekly habits. And uh, if, if nothing else, uh, let's kick a little money towards us on PayPal. We'd appreciate that. Just trying to cover our hosting costs. Thank you very much. I am Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Christopher J. Garcia. Singing out to Nate. This is Rick Brett Snyder. Reminding you. You're to singing out. To re- use your powers only for good and thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I, dot com. I love rock and roll. Are we ready? We're recording I've been now. ready. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll cut that in somehow. I, I didn't record any of that. I, <laughs> oh. I, was, I just said, I should have, this was good. I should have had it. <laughs> It happens. That was a great discussion of Waterworld. It's too bad it just it's never going to be played on the air. Are you kidding? We've we've probably had that discussion at least two or three times. On Waterworld? So. No, we never did. Yeah, that. You, because I you haven't that, seen it. I always say the same thing. I like the stunt show, and then it starts somebody talking. Now details change, perhaps. Yeah. But this is sort of like the oral tradition of how the Odyssey got started. No, last time I talked. <laughs> so are you saying that what we have just done is the aristocrats <laughs> until they made the movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think all I've guessed about before is Dennis Hopper. I like Dennis Hopper. The smokers. But in mine was a friend of his. That's great. Shall we start? I'm sure we can all say Do that you want to stand in for Nate too. this week? Yes, I will. Okay. I'm going to point to you, and it's time for you to go then. Okay. Ready? Ready. Three, two, one. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast.
good. That was weird. <laughs>